0: everybody welcome to frame trap it it's kind of a weird vibe in here it's hot uh, that's the it's vibe. really hot sweat lodge uh it took us a long time to set up and so we've we've loosened up more than we normally do so this might be a very loopy podcast in i'm already loopy to the intense heat uh if you don't know what this show is uh this is a show where we get intimate and we talk about video games the way i want this to feel like you're just Sitting down with your friends on a couch talking about games is mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be like. Uh, I'm going to be navigating you through this. I'm your host, Ben Moore. Joining me to my right is Bradley Ellis. Hi. Brad, you looked pretty relaxed today. I don't know if it's just because it took us so long to set up, or if you're just always this relaxed. Hmm. Well, what it is. I'm usually pretty
1: relaxed. You I like to smell the roses, as we always say.
0: You like to smell the roses. What does that mean today? Today, it just means just
1: go with the flow, man. It could always be worse. That's the kind of thing I look at it now is- Everything can always be worse. So I'll just be cool with how it is.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, the shot like, isn't super it's not crazy bad. tilted.
1: It's really not bad, that bad at all. No, it's not. It's like inc- slightly uncomfortable, but like could be worse. Could Every be time I say
0: anything that comes out of my mouth on this podcast, any opinion that I have about any video game or movie or mm-hmm. album or whatever it is, I always have to think to myself, i like, I always want that to come out in addition to, hey, we live a very privileged life. Oh, it's yeah. It's crazy that we get to do this. Yeah, it is crazy. Anything that we say, just insert that to the end of it. That, mm-hmm. that will be the full context that you need. Yeah. We live a very privileged life. Finally, at the end there, comrade in arms, Michael Huber. Hello.
1: Yeah, this is like the dream team.
0: Hello. This is the really good friends team. Yeah, this is the good friends team. Might. I mean, we're all friends with mm-hmm. everyone, mm-hmm. for sure, but there's something about this group bonds. in particular. Yeah, bonds. Yeah, bonds. Yeah. Are we talking about Naruto today? Do you want to talk about Naruto? I, I was thinking of wanna. Persona when you said Bonds, but we can talk about Both. Naruto. That's why I love Persona so much. Sure.
2: Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, if we, knowing us, I
0: wouldn't be surprised if we talked about uh, all of them. We've already kind of loosened up, but I yeah. was recently in Iowa and I went to a theme park and it got me thinking about summer oh, and how I always... Adventureland. Like, Adventure is that like the equivalent of Six wow. Flags for you guys? Uh, No, it's not. Quite as intense. as... I mean, they they, they added a new roller coaster called the oh, okay. Monster, cool. but no, it's not the quite as intense. Among I mean, men. What's the What's the farm one that you guys have here that I admittedly have Berry to. farm? It seems more in line cool. with that,
1: dude. Notsberry Farm had some intense stuff. I haven't I'm been a long made, time. I don't know.
0: Notsberry Farm. I've been, been
2: to Berry, I haven't been to Notsberry Farms. Invented the boysenberry. Yes, did it? they Did yeah. Wow.
1: Wait, you never been to Knott's Berry Farm? Never been. To dude, Berry we got to go to uh, either Halloween Haunt. Or a normal how is Halloween haunt nowadays though? It's
2: probably awesome.
1: Is it? I haven't been so long. But if you want to go on rides, you gotta go normal time. Cause Halloween haunt, dude, Halloween you're haunt. getting on like one ride.
2: Get to ride Ghost Rider
0: backwards. Oh yeah. It's just the lines, man, that but kill me. I Even want- in Adventureland, like, it was it was hard not- wanting to just wait in the sun for 45 Yeah, You minutes, gotta you know? go when it's
1: not summer and you gotta go like on a Wednesday.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like you guys have the strats. Like we grew that? up. We grew up here. We know you gotta
2: okay. go to things on the weekdays, not in the summer.
0: Yeah, not it's in your the summer. Only it's hope. it's brutal, weekdays, man. but I feel like at a particular time, even like when I you can run into bad. weeks. I see movies
2: mm-hmm. in the middle of the week at the date in the daytime. Yeah. It's my favorite time to see a movie, and even the the ticket taker at the theater said that Wednesdays. Are the slowest day? Yep, Wednesday. I always thought it
0: would be Monday because no, I'm always no, no, like, "Yeah, let's go Monday." Because
1: that's what everyone takes Mondays I don't off. Yeah.
0: even remember what theater we went to when we saw The Witch together. But mm-hmm. it was the perfect time of day. It was Arclight. a weekday afternoon. It was, which it wasn't. It wasn't the ArcLight that I usually go no, to. No, it
2: was like ArcLight Sherman
0: Oaks or something. Because I don't usually Oaks? go to that one either. I don't think it was the Sherman Oaks one because that's the one I usually go okay. to. Okay. Arclight Culver City, maybe? But it was smaller. Culver mm-hmm. City, It was very yeah. intimate. There was no one there. Yeah. We went right up to concessions, got everything we wanted, and 10. just watched this yeah, great dude. horror movie. <laughs> but anyway, my question to you guys is, thinking about the summer, I always like go away somewhere in the summer. Mm-hmm. And, and most recently, that's been home to see family because I live out here now. But I think about like when I went to Disney World or when I went to New York, just mm-hmm. really great experiences. I want to know if you guys had any super dope family <laughs> vacations growing up and i feel like we've touched me, on this before let me tell you about the family vacations the
1: in the ellis family okay growing up so our family vacations would be like hey a relative lives in tulsa city in oklahoma we're going to oklahoma in the summer where it's hot as hell dude oh there's a family in south dakota we're going to south dakota in summer hot as hell man I don't think like not
0: enjoyable family reunions.
1: Well, you know when I was, it was mostly when I was like, probably like younger up till like fifteen, we would do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Once we got older, we didn't really care about doing as much. But uh, I did go to Minneapolis one time because my mom's cousin lived there. Yeah, had a really good time. It was really fun. We did like some theme park, which was like Six Flags there. Mall of America was pretty sick back then. Had the Camp Snoopy inside it. Pretty rad. But we've never been like. We're going to Disney World. Oh wait, Never I'm done. sorry. We Never went done. on a cool vacation to Seattle one time. Was that cool was really cool. It? I mean, Seattle's oh, just kind of a cool um, place. My parents had friends that lived up there and they had a big huge house like surrounded by like the tall trees and everything like that. Really cool like forest grizzly hill vibes kind of humor. Super nice people taking us around, seeing all the good sights. It was
0: fun. Nice. Uh That was the thing about being a kid and I I everyone wishes this but I, w- I could go anywhere and love it mm-hmm. and I just feel like now you just get so easily or I get so easily annoyed by things by lines yeah. or whatever and I could People. go to just the fact of being at a theme park as a kid I miss that yeah. sense of wonderment <sighs> Huber you've been on a lot of frame traps and I've been getting and I've been on all the frame traps I'm getting to this point I don't know if it's the heat or just my own bad memory <laughs> or what it is have I asked the summer vacation question before
2: I don't.
1: I don't remember I don't it. Think, I, okay. remember I don't think so.
0: All right. Well, if we don't remember it, then I think it's fine yeah, game.
1: I've got to be behind Huber as maybe number
0: two or yeah, three. Yeah. I think that's. This. Yeah. I so, think you're definitely I never number two. If I had to guess. All right, Huber. Bugs flying around. It's hard to imagine that the Huber family didn't have the best family vacations. We Just everybody really being my stoked?
2: my family's mentality has always been save up and then go big. Oh, so, that's a good one. That's like how that I also li- doesn't surprise me. That's how I live my life with like technology purchases and stuff too, like buying TVs or buying a car. Like you just save, 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 save. If you're gonna pull the trigger on a big expense, mm-hmm. you don't pump the brakes. You go all in on it. You know. Uh, so yeah, we haven't been on many vacations, but we've been on a few really awesome ones. We went. To- we did Hawaii one time. That was amazing. Sick. Uh, I'd love to. Go. My favorite one ever was. Uh, like Washington D.C. and like the surrounding area, mm-hmm. so we did like D. This was when I was in like school, so it was like really educational and cool. We did like D.C. and like Mount Rushmore. Oh, and like
0: uh... you still have pictures of you at Rushmore, Mount Rushmore Dude, I've never somewhere, yeah?
2: Like Yellowstone Park. That was my favorite. We got, I got to ride like horses and stuff. That was like my favorite trip That's of cool. all time. Was did, like did you
1: do Grand Canyon right or something? Did like that? Grand
2: Canyon. And uh, another one of my favorite ones was just me, my mom, and my grandma. We did Alaska. I remember this. Like, seeing the glaciers and the rainforests. And then, other than that, that's pretty much it with my family. And then my brother lived in Japan for a while and taught English out there. So I got to go to Japan and, like, dude, yeah, The brother him. vacays. The brother Me and my brother went to New York City.
0: Yeah. That was sick, dude. Yeah. Brad, I was just going to say, my favorite vacation... Of any of them, I think it was around two thousand three, two thousand four. I went to New York, and I have oh, not been man. back since. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but for I me. was just yeah enchanted by the vibe of everything. Mm-hmm. I remember going. I've never to been to New York. The Nintendo store, and <sighs> just being in awe that something yeah. like that existed. So cool. Oh yeah, it was oh, fantastic. Dude, the Nintendo store. I remember there it was like
1: full on Pokemon when I was there, and I was yeah. like, yeah.
3: oh, what? And I was
1: like, where's Zelda? Oh, <laughs> it was sure. like Pokemon time. So they had like all the Pokemon merch. I was like, yeah, it's cool. It's a toys, That's pretty sick. But I was yeah. like. Zelda Zelda.
0: Yeah. What's going on here? I think a lot of people have seen this already, but they had the, this Game Boy museum, mm-hmm. or they had this museum of consoles yeah, of yeah, sorts, yeah, yeah. I remember that. and they had this, they're like, this Game Boy survived like the, the Gulf, Gulf War, Yeah, and
2: it was all charged. Yeah, it was crazy. I just
0: was like, whoa, I can't believe it. Dude. Yeah, it was rad. Yeah. So intense. Very fun. Uh, but we've got... We actually don't have a huge list of games to talk about today, but I think we have a lot to say about the games that we do have to talk about. Mm -hmm. And the first and most important one, and what's nice, is we all have some varying degree of experience with Octopath Traveler. Mm -hmm. That is the game that is on everybody's lips right now. Um, I'm I'm reviewing it, and so I'm a lot farther along than you guys, Mm -hmm. uh, and I have a lot to say. But before I get rolling off on my opinions on it... How were your first impressions of Octopath Traveler? And Huber, I I want to start with you. And this might be true for you as well, mm-hmm. Brad. You didn't play the demo at all. No. You were you were pretty much Correct. in the dark about Octopath Traveler, except yeah. maybe seeing it in trailers. I knew there. there
1: was eight characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was it. And so that was it. That was all and you I knew were. it looked like Super Nintendo sprites.
0: Um, because Kyle Brandon, and I, and it's a really fun playthrough, we did the first demo on stream uh, after they dropped it. And it kind of, I think, really helped shape our... Idea of what the game is going to be, Mm -hmm. and so how do you feel out of the gate with Octopath Traveler? Loving it, highly positive.
2: Nice. Um, I'm a little concerned about the way the party meets up and like the way they're all connected or not, they're not really connected, it doesn't seem like they're connected in my mind, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think. So far, everyone's individual story has been strong. Mm-hmm. Uh Extremely good music. I'm finding myself obsessed with the music. I love the combat system. I really, really love how grindy it is in terms of, like, people... Like, you were telling me, people on your bench don't get XP. Yep. People only in your party. Um I love that kind of stuff in a JRPG. I want, like, if my character is sitting on the bench and not gaining xp like good like make me work for it make people <laughs> in my party stronger you know so i like having to like uh i'm with you to an extent on that mm-hmm. it just
1: depends how long this game is yeah and if i feel like i need to do this and it's a huge time sink yeah huge yeah I'm like, like i'm fine, like, fine with doing that every now and then but if it takes
0: forever and like yeah. mandatory i got a problem so I'm on chapter three for all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, The way that I'm going through is I'm not like going a chapter above. Like I do everybody's chapter yeah. one, everybody's mm-hmm. chapter two, and then I'll do everybody's chapter three and four and, and so on and so forth. And uh, to speak to the separation, so far where I'm at, they are completely separate. The only thing that you'll get, uh, and as you get further along, these happen a little bit more frequently, is something called travel banter, <laughs> where you can... Press plus on the switch and you'll get a little bit of a dialogue like, okay, uh, Therion's going to comment on something that's going on with Tressa mm-hmm. um, and they'll have little quips here and there. But when the actual main event is going on, it's pretty much just, okay, Ophelia is just dealing with this. Yeah, Alfin's just dealing with this. Which F- is jarring. It's a little weird. Yeah. I feel
1: like they had this concept of like eight separate stories going at one time mm-hmm. and they really ran with it. But they didn't think about how to actually all come together and extent for like the, for a re, like a good reason for your party members to even be with each other, mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. Like one example was a theory, and he was you know the thief. He's breaking into stuff. Yeah. These thieves approach him and like, hey, you want to do this job with this kind of thing like that? He's like, no, I don't want to do it by myself, kind of thing like that. Get mm-hmm. lost. Then all of a sudden, I come into the town, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, oh yeah, you can you can come come with, yeah, you can come yeah. with, come me. I was like, what? Like
0: what? What? Why even bother doing that? Mm-hmm. Definitely, I do think. With what they're going through, especially uh, at the end of the chapter, boss fights, you'll have a, a a threat that it feels like they're just kind of dealing with on their own, and mm-hmm. then you get into battle, and it's like, okay, everybody's here. Yeah. And they had nothing to say about this thing that we've exactly. been building up for an entire chapter. Like Prim's
2: was really jarring. Primrose, when because right. that story is super intense, and it's and also that's super personal. I, yeah. yeah, but and, yeah. and that's why I kind of I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm like forcing myself to. To hone in on everyone's individual stories rather than a big narrative arc, I'm yeah. just, I'm I'm just dialing in on that because I see both sides. Like it is easier and more accessible, I guess, because you can like recruit whoever you want in whatever order, mm-hmm. and like you have more freedom as a player, which I'm always down for. Or cool. Uh, and each story so far, what I've experienced, has been really strong because yeah. they haven't had to to think about. Tying everyone together in this huge narrative, and it's not, like, too crammed, packed, full of of dialogue. It's, like, super focused on that one character for that one story, which is great. Absolutely. But... It comes at a cost, and, and it is a little... Dude, a little weird.
1: they could have helped that by just giving, like... They don't even have to have a customizable thing for every character. You could have maybe the characters have three different options they could say to give a little more reason mm-hmm. for them to be a part of this thing. Like, what Ben is saying is good that I that they have, like, dialogue together. Like, that's good, mm-hmm. but you could even have just a little more connection with them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't need necessarily need, like, a totally customizable thing for Prim compared to Ulrich or whatever like that. Like, they could both say the same yeah. thing but just something, just totally. something there.
0: Totally. I don't really disagree uh, with what you're saying, Brad, or with what you're saying, Huber, but I do feel like Ogilbeth Traveler is being pretty upfront with what it is. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. When you go into a town, it says, this is the story you can engage in. You can stop it at any time. Totally. Um, and... Well, contextually, I agree. It does get a little bit messy. I think, uh, as you kind of hinted at, there are a lot of positives for that because Mm. you get to have these wildly different tones um, um, that I think if you had these characters come together in a more integrated way, obviously that would bring its own benefits. But for me, it's like, okay, I know... for example, that Primrose is going to be really intense and dark and that she's going to be dealing with this tortured past. Do I want to do that right now? Or do I just want to follow this journal mm-hmm. of a merchant of Tressa? And mm-hmm. you can really play it by mood and you're not, you're not especially punished uh, by going in any order, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And I can just kind of feel it out what I want at that time. And it's nice because I don't... That's not completely true because there are level recommendations for everything, which you yes. do have to take into account. Uh, you are gated in in some ways around those level recommendations for each character chapter. Um, but the other thing for me is I don't think these stories, if they were given a lot more time and a lot more nuance with other characters, would be all that strong on their own. Like, these characters, for the most part, are kind of... Very archetypal characters. Uh Olberic, at least so far, is just this. Hey, I I kind of live and die by honor. I am a warrior. I am what you think I would act like. Mm-hmm. You have Ophelia who is this very kind healer, priestess lady, who who just sort of acts as this very friendly face. Alfin is this happy-go-lucky apothecary. Mm-hmm. And that's all fine because Each chapter is really, really short. You kind of go, you have your introduction, you get introduced to the thing, you go through maybe a small dungeon, you do a boss battle, Mm -hmm. and it's over. And so by having all of these different tones and kind of these bite-sized chapters, it's really easy to kind of move on from one thing to the next. Yeah. Um, because you're getting, despite the fact that maybe you're not getting a ton of depth in each individual story, it's light enough and there's enough characters to kind of bounce off that I think it it makes it work.
1: Yeah, I think the, the little stories make sense and the motivation I think is strong enough for you to believe why they're doing what they're believing. Mm-hmm. I think that's all really good, but I think they could have just Put a little more effort into making it connect a little more, just a sure. little more. I love the freedom; that like, that's all great, but they could have done a little,
0: just a little more. Just sure, a little more. Sure, I understand that. Um, and I'm curious. Once I get to the very end of the game, yeah, and we're, we're kind like, of you know, all, all we're all not together? we're
1: not super far yet. Yeah. So well, me and Mike aren't yet. So things could totally change, yeah. but. I love everything else so far. Combat's really good. Combat's awesome. All the characters the feel... design is super the cool. Great, the design's great. All the characters feel really different from what I've used. they yeah. have their own kind of mechanics, which I really like. The so music. The music's really good. Yeah. So good.
0: Um, Loving the music. I do want to go back to the structure a little bit before we move on to the combat, because I think the combat is its own bag of, of things to, to talk about. Uh, what I will say, going into the third chapter here, uh, especially playing through everybody's story... Is while I appreciate that tonally it's very different, mm-hmm. um, and then in, in from the settings you're getting a good variety as well. You're kind of getting this mountain town or this kind of very holy snow place, or you're getting this place where, where the desert looked run among. really cool. Yeah, yeah the visually desert. there's enough differences. I just think structurally it is bothering me a little bit, where I, I feel like every chapter is kind of the same, where. For all eight characters, and then once you've done it a couple of times, you're like, man, this formula is is a little bit too obvious for me. And what I mean by that is you'll go into town, you'll be introduced to the problem, you might have to run around and do a couple of path actions, which they really hold your hand with. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go through a very small dungeon, and you'll fight a boss. Even on chapter two, this Even is happening? Even on chapter two, okay. this is happening. Okay. Um, there is a little bit of variation with Ulbrich, where you're kind of going through this tournament of sorts. Ooh. But... Even that can kind of be broken down into the same thing where you have story intro, exploratory battle middle, story end, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff I think is fairly well done. But I wish there was, and this might be coming, This I might get through chapter four and be like, oh, there was that variety. Uh, but having done 18, yeah. or I'm sorry, not 18, 16 chapters. Um, totally and putting you know like 45 hours into the game yeah. at this point I'm like ah, I wish there was some sort of maybe the side the side quests kind of alleviate a little bit of that so the side quests are interesting and there there are things that I really like about the side quests and things that I don't really like about the side quests and the things that I really like about the side quest is they're very vague and so they'll, they'll kind of be like, hey, this person has a problem. How do you deal with it? And you're like, oh, wait, what if I use this character's path action? And for those of you who don't understand what we're talking about, a path action is something that is unique to uh, an individual character. So if you're Ulbrich, the warrior, you can challenge people to a duel. Uh, if you're Cyrus, the scholar, you can scrutinize them and you can find out more information and you might get a discount at the end or you might find a hidden item. And so... You'll, these people will run into... You'll run into these people with problems. And you might need to figure out how you can apply a certain character's path action mm-hmm. in order to make it work. And you kind of need to experiment. And you'll run into these situations. Like, there was this little boy, and I just challenged him to do a duel, and it was like, side quest complete. And I was like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. And so I appreciate... The design of forcing you to think about what these characters t- can do and how to apply it. Um, and also really exploring. You don't know necessarily where in the world you need to go to deal with this. It might be very cool. immediate. It might be outside of the area. The problem that I have with the side quests is narratively, they're, they are having light stories, but they're so light that... I, I haven't found myself that invested. The Got reason it. why I get excited for completing them is to get a little bit of extra money and an item, or again, kind of having that small aha moment of mm-hmm. the puzzle, nice. but not really like, man, what a cool story Got of it. that of that side quest, which is fine. Um, I don't think side quests need to be these deeply moving, no. super involved stories, but there are so many side quests that... I just wish I was a little bit more invested. Kind of what Brad was saying, where yeah. he wished they were a little bit more connected. Mm-hmm. wish there was just like five percent more uh, of like something you couldn't like
1: you, something you couldn't get through the normal story. Right. I think. Right. You're like, oh, this is cool. I could only get this kind of thing through this side quest.
0: Yeah, and you are. There are a couple of side quests that I've run into where it's like, okay. This person does have an arc. They were in this town, now they're in that town, and there there is kind of a continuous Ooh, story there. that's cool. Um, but, I again, I don't find the stories themselves of these side quests so far gotcha. uh, all that interesting. But uh, let's get into the combat, mm-hmm. because I think this is the thing that I want to praise the most yes, of, of Octopath Traveler, and despite my problems of, of maybe starting to feel a little bit of repetition in terms of the structure... Uh, the combat is really offsetting that, and you know, forty-five hours into the game, roughly, uh, I'm still just absolutely in love with the combat, and I want to know, you, Brad, you mentioned that, Huber, are you still feeling the same way about the combat? Oh yeah, yeah, uh,
2: because every fight you you have to think, you mm-hmm. cannot, like, even in you know, I always go back to, to Dragon Quest Eight. It's my favorite combat ever of of turn based RPGs. Mm-hmm. Even Dragon Quest VIII, you can get in a routine where you're kind of just mashing your way through. Like, mash, 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 kill these right. guys. I'm pretty high level, okay? This, even if I'm a higher level, even if they're trash mobs, I still have to be like, all right, wait, how many t- how many attacks till they break? What attack am I using here? I haven't been able to get into a rhythm where I'm just mashing through because I need to line up the weapons. I need to scout out their vulnerabilities,
0: yeah, uh, which I really, really appreciate. Absolutely. You talk about mashing through, and that is that is a very understandable complaint that I see about JRPGs a lot, where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe a couple of boss fights matter here and there, but for the most part, I'm just mindlessly going through this combat. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't have to think about the enemies. The enemies aren't a threat. And there are weaker enemies, and you get to a point where you understand the system and you can get through the fights fairly quickly. Uh, but even that, the way that they've kind of balanced... Not only the the mechanics of combat, but how you have to structure your party. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the level gates before. And at first, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to grind everybody up, But that comes with its own interesting decisions. Um, because when you get secondary jobs, only one secondary a job can be applied to a person at one time. So if you think about like Tressa, the merchant, if you're like, oh, I, I want you, your secondary job to be the cleric and I want you to get all these healing abilities, no one else at that time can be the cleric. You can switch it off or at any point, but once you give it to Tressa, you can't give it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so when you have these different level requirements where it's like, okay, you need to be level 34 to do this chapter, this is who I need to bring with me. You're forcing me to change my party. You're, you're forcing me because you're yeah. not sharing experience. Love it. You're forcing me to pick these certain people and leaving people that maybe I've already leveled over here. And so I'm constantly having to rethink I love that. who gets this job. Where am I investing my skill points?
2: Because, Ben, one of my biggest things, I well, again, can I come back to Dragon Quest Eight again? Four party members. I love that because every single person has their role, their story. They yeah. all matter. I get freaked out, like in Final Fantasy VII. Like, what's Red XIII been doing this whole time? Exactly, just sitting on the sidelines. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't like, you know, when there's this huge overarching story and characters are kind of kind of benched on the sidelines. This alleviates that because you're you're throwing
0: everyone in there. Everyone gets their own story, so that is that's really I, cool. I completely agree with you. Um, and again, you could always uh, throw it back at the player and be like, well, if you want to mix it up, you could. Mm-hmm. But I think it always feels more meaningful when the game forces you yeah. to change things up and to use everybody. And mm-hmm. you can look at every single character and you can be like, no, you matter. That, And because every different job... Does different damage types, and you need to do all the different damage types to get through these battles. Uh, every job is super important, and therefore every character is super important, and you need like everything is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single job that is bad. I think some are better than others, yes, but I don't think there's a single job that's bad. And I I just feel like I have like kind of this holistic appreciation of Octopath because it forced me to have that. Whereas in a lot of games, I feel like you can understand, you know. 50% of it, 75% of it, and get through just because you find a combination that works for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do, I greatly appreciate that here. Um, and something that we haven't talked about, in addition to stuff that you can do with the jobs, characters have their own individual talents. So even if you have somebody else be a thief, Therion, who starts as a thief, is the only one that can open certain chests. And so uh, you'll be adventuring without Therion and be like man I know these chests mm-hmm. give me loot sometimes that is like several levels above what I currently yeah, have. Yeah it's usually good loot. Yeah I wish he was here <laughs> and um, again things can be pretty expensive in Octopath when you go yeah. and you Got if my you, merchant first. Yeah if you, <laughs> if you haven't been making an effort to collect a lot of money yes. you'll upgrade everybody and be like man I'm wiped out on cash and so when you have Tressa who can just pick up loose change as you walk around that ends up feeling very valuable. Oh, and good. so Tressa. these characters from a mechanical perspective end up being more than just the jobs which you can mm-hmm. switch with everybody. Yeah. Um and so I really appreciate that I feel like the headcanon well. of Tressa starting first. Like I'm loving it because yeah. like she's kind of a
2: metaphor for the entire game, right? Of mm-hmm. just like let me go see the world. Let's go. Right. And it's like that's how I kind of feel with Octopath where it's like all right, let's just go see all these stories. Let's go. Let's go see. It feels like a very natural place to start i don't know if that's my my bias because that's who i picked <laughs> but uh
1: it feels right i will give the game credit for i've bought one item mm-hmm. playing this so far and i've been able to beat every situation just by playing smart yeah Save i up. think they did a good job with that right yeah. i don't feel like wow there's no way for me to win this necessarily mm-hmm. yet which has been great some of the fights take a really long time where i was like let's yeah. wrap this up kind of thing Dude, but that snake boss
2: <laughs> yeah good lord it <laughs> that thing,
0: yeah, and uh, Chimaru,
2: dude, re- the poison, health. dude. Oh
0: my god! I think <laughs> it might be a, a point of Brandon was saying like a fight took him an hour. I haven't run into that. I mean, he said an hour and a half. Okay, like, what? Yeah, okay. So he said an hour and a half. I have not run into that. I have not. Um, but I really commend them for not being afraid to give enemies and especially, of course, bosses a ton of health. Yes, uh, where there something just moved down
2: there, you guys. Is it a bug or something? I don't know.
0: Something, I swear. I didn't, I don't know. Okay. Probably a bug. All right. We'll have to power through okay. it. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. The it freaked you out. That's thing, genuine. The whole thing just like out, shook. Nick. All right. All right. Um,
1: No, but I really appreciate how tanky
0: things are uh, because you'll be doing thousands and thousands and thousands of damage And there have been fights where I'm like, wow, I can't believe you're not dead Mm -hmm. But again that necessitates you to really dig in and not Mm -hmm. just be like, okay What's the most powerful ability I have? I'm just going to apply that to everything It is no, I have to treat this boss like its own individual unit I need to go and I need to find the weaknesses because it has so much health that if I don't I'll be really punished for it Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good
1: point. It just gets to a point for me where I'm just bored Mm. of the fight at a certain point, and it's just like, how long does that take me? How interesting is this boss actually? Does he do interesting things for me? Or is he just kind of like, just kind of waiting?
0: Yeah, I I can see where you're coming from. Uh, To me, I would say the fights have remained interesting um, because... Either the fight will be going on for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. It'll be like, I'm running out of resources. What do I do? Do I take this turn to heal? Do I take this turn to Mm -hmm. make sure that I break their shield? Um, You'll run into bosses where, okay, it might have taken five turns for you to break them and what we mean when we say break them is you damage their weaknesses enough um, that they'll be put in this vulnerable state. You'll skip their turn. You'll do a ton more damage to them, which is essential. Like, you, you want to be doing this all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll run into bosses where it's like, okay, it took... Five hits to break them before now it's taking seven now it's taking nine um and so when you break them it'll get consecutively harder uh they'll charge up moves they'll get this purple mist surrounding them and if you don't break them you're gonna eat a a powerful enough attack and i think for me the thing that's great about octopath is all the different bosses uh have different weaknesses and depending on what characters you have to bring in mm-hmm. it'll feel like a slightly different fight um but it's not overly complex uh no. i feel like
1: you 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 know you like the game is not overly complex where you don't know what you're doing ever. right
0: right and i don't i don't feel like it's constantly introducing uh new mechanics for the sake of it it's not mm-hmm. over complicating things like uh tales is a i remember sure like
1: how they introduce mechanics, I was just like, "What? what is this, Ben? I would have to, I'd have to, I'd have to ask Ben how this is working. <laughs> right.
0: And you, you have that happen in, in RPGs. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 does that. Yeah, Where,
1: right. To- like, I have to like do homework and figure out what the hell I'm doing.
0: Right. Um, and some of that stuff, to me, ended up being really cool, but it is slightly jarring when you're like, wait a minute, I'm like, 50 hours into this and you're coming up with a tutorial box. Now, yeah. It's just a little weird. Yeah. Um, whereas in Octopath, I think what they do is they introduce you to this base early on and then they just find new ways of applying that base. where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I don't need to relearn this or learn something new. I just need to kind of think differently with what I already know, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a much different but I think very enjoyable experience. Um, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the the bravely default
1: system yeah, that's in yeah, this yeah. game. I think this is a really great evolution of that system from mm. the past games. We could store up attacks. Uh If I remember correctly, if you used it before, would you skip a turn then dump it all at once? Is that how it worked, or would you do dump it all at once then you were out of turns like three turns? Um, it was
0: something like it was like that. But when, this... when you're defaulting, you're like storing up.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas here. Uh, when you regularly
0: attack, you, you still, still get, get a
1: normal turn no right. matter what, which is really cool. But I think it's a right. smart mechanic. You could, you could use up to four attacks, I think it was.
0: Yeah, so you can get a maximum of four. Um, and I appreciate the way that they deal with it between uh, physical attacks and magic attacks. So if you do, like, if you have a sword that you can swing if you cash in on these points that you build up, so Mm -hmm. let's say you cash in four of these points, you'll swing your sword four times, but with the magic attack, you'll just do more damage. Yeah, it's like a bigger thing, yeah. Um, And so that is also interesting because then it's like, well, as the scholar, I want to invest in the things that hit twice so I can get down. Yeah, and it's... It's like, do you
1: want to save it to break them to avoid damage for a part or do you want to just use it to dump a ton of damage when they're vulnerable
0: right and they'll even have like the merchant can donate these points to other Ooh. people and so you can play with that too and yeah that's octopath is obviously not the first game with a job system or a game where no. you can have a bunch of different abilities that you can play with however i do think it does it really really yeah, well i do um, too and i a big part of that and should be commended I don't feel like I've seen other people praise this. They probably have, and I just haven't paid attention. But still worth praising, how easily uh, Octopath Traveler gives you skill points. Um, I feel like especially when you switch to a new job in your secondary job, very, very quickly, you can get a handful of abilities. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, okay, I switched to this job, it's going... and. Other job systems have done this. It's going to take me a long mm-hmm. time to really flex this job and, and have an understanding of how it'll combine yeah. with my other primary job. Like you can just kind of get in there it's and get a pace. feel for it
2: immediately. And I again, really with, the, with all these separate stories, the pace is good because it's like, all right, see this person's story. See this person's yeah, you're story. Yeah, you never saw her too long. Yeah, because like you bring up really good default and I put like 10 hours into it and just like Not not invested, not invested in the story. Yeah, it's interesting because that's that's on that's
1: on me. I know, yeah. That's like a a thing you love, just for party members. Yeah, and great
2: game, great great game. Um, but just put it away because you know time and life and everything. And I just I didn't get attached. But right now I'm finding Mm -hmm. myself so attached, uh, even though. They're you know, like like Bradson mm-hmm. and, and I kind of reiterated just I that mean like there's yeah. there's a disconnect with them all. You can still, but have I still fun. find myself attached to each of them. Sure. Yeah. So
0: uh for Brave the Default, it's been forever since I played Brave the Default. Uh but from what I remember of Brave the Default, I remember not being particularly interested in the main narrative. The plot but, I don't remember at all. Right. Exactly. Good. But I, I, I remember feel, thinking i bad, I, f- I remember <laughs> thinking the characters were pretty charming and I enjoyed them yeah. interacting with each Ring other. A bell. Uh in Octopath, it's less that because they don't really interact. Mm-hmm. It's more of, oh, hey, I wonder if Cyrus is going to find that book and what does that book really mean? And also thinking to myself, like, I can kind of see how they would take these elements and apply it uh, to an overall narrative at the very end. Yeah, and dude, so kind Organization of, 13. Kind of like <laughs> taking these eight little payoffs and seeing, you know cashing them out at the end. Yeah. Like, just, just excited to see how they're I know they're, they're pulling the strings, dude. For what? Organization, Organization 13. 13. In Octopath Traveler?
2: <laughs> Primrose, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. The crows. Yeah. Straight yeah, yeah. up 13. Yeah.
0: Black hoods. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I really like it. It, I, It's one of those games, however, where I think I'm going to walk away from it and be like, I really enjoyed that. I and I it. think if you enjoy the style of game, yeah. you really like it. Um, I do think, be- again, because of that, that seeing that formula and, and having so many characters to get through, uh, it does wear on me a little bit, but at the same time, I think by having that volume of characters, you get your own benefits.
2: You're so. reviewing it, so it's obviously going to be a little different from you. I'm, I'm eager to hear what you think, Brad. I'm in a mindset where I'm, th- this is a new game, this is a 2018 video game. Yeah. But I'm still in a in a weird mindset where I'm judging it like it's a game from the nineties. Hmm. You know? And I know it's it's going for that style. It's a retro mm-hmm. game. Do you have a similar thing where it's like I'm not judging it on like modern sensibilities? I'm like it's really taking me back and I'm really getting the feeling of playing just this old um, school Super Nintendo JRPG. So so little things some, some
1: aspects I do like. Storytelling, like how they interact, kind of mm-hmm. thing like that. I mean, I'm not expecting like 30 minute cutscenes of CG or anything like that, but just mm-hmm. things like that. Things that they could evolve beyond, like it is going, like the gameplay is very much like trying to keep it simple and everything like that, which I totally love. And I think that does a great job of carrying that system over to a more modern type of game. But mm-hmm. things like what I'm just bringing up is like the story connection. Like, I'm it's something where I'm like, you could have done better there,
0: yeah. kind of thing like that. Totally. Uh, when I initially came to it, Huber, I I was, I was had that initial reaction of, ah, man, I wish experience was shared. It's going to be a slog leveling everybody up. But the more that I've played it, the more I've realized, like, oh, no, like you can kind of see a purpose behind this. Yeah. Um, there is a value in doing it this way. And so uh, I've, I've come to appreciate that, and it seems less like we want this to be old school, we want this to be old school, and more of... We're trying to do this thing from a storytelling perspective and a mechanical perspective with eight different characters, um, and we want you to appreciate all of them. And so in that way, I really like what they're doing. But from the story, I get a very old-school vibe, and I want to get your opinion on this, uh, where, again, you have these chapters, and they might take you anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to get through, but you'll kind of have a, a, a singular story Within these chapters, you will help this town in this chapter, and it'll be nice and it'll be simple and you'll do it and you're done. Whereas I feel like in so many modern JRPGs, and I'm being very general here, but I I think the spirit of it is true. It's like, okay, we're going to introduce this thing and it's going to go on for the next 10 hours. And you can just, sometimes it feels like things go on for so long. You spend five hours, 10 hours, 15 hours, just kind of dealing with one thing and then you move on. And you deal with another thing that is five hours, 10 hours, whatever it is. And I think I'm exaggerating here a little bit, but it is super nice. And I think does have an old school flavor to it uh, where you might just be dealing with this story for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Final Fantasy VI comes to mind, where you know you think about the the, the, the Phantom Train, like that wasn't a super long, lengthy experience. The, the Opera House was not a super long, lengthy experience uh, in those older 16-bit RPGs. And so I, I appreciate that a lot as well. Or even in Chrono Trigger, where you go to a time period and it's like, we're just going to be here for a little while and then we'll move on. Uh, and I, I like that. I want more storytelling like that. Just take me to a bunch of different places and don't make them drag on.
1: uh for like what Dragon on. Quest Seven does. Kind of go to the islands, they all have their own little story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in Dragon Quest Seven, you go to the past and present of these different locations and they, they absolutely have their own story and they're completely separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, in a lot of ways, I think you can compare it to Octopath Traveler. I,
1: uh yeah, I love it. Uh, the the doing the, the little story because it's a nice break point for me. I like to sure. do a story and I like to take like a, yep. a, a nice little yeah. break before the next one. Totally.
0: Yeah, Huber. I know you're big on breaks. Is yeah. that how you kind of envision yourself playing it? Where you're like, I'm yeah. gonna do a chapter. I do a chapter too. Yeah, One it's or two real chapters, nice yeah. and it is very nice. I feel like you accomplish something. And
2: I can uh, finally a game. I can multitask too. I can play on handheld mode and grind. Yeah, getting uh, getting that Switch hype, Ben. <laughs> Using the Switch, uh, uh, playing to its strengths. Absolutely, watching the Dodgers and just uh, grinding out some
0: XP feels good. Absolutely, and <laughs> it is weird because I do think. The hardware has made it more enjoyable for me. Yeah, where I've there have playing been times in bed. where I maybe didn't necessarily need to but totally wanted to just grind, mm-hmm. I take that thing out of the dock, I put on a show, yep. And I just do it. Delightful. And it's great. It's so and the great. hardware of the Switch has made that yeah. a better experience. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a simpler
1: game you can play without having to
0: like will do you platforming bring,
2: and stuff like that. Will you bring that up in the review? Meanwhile, the we'll plane in handheld mode.
0: Uh Maybe. I can't guarantee it. Okay. It it's one of those things where I, I think it's a good point, but then I also think how much is this just
1: applying to me and my <laughs> own weird desires? It's, well it's like when I'm grinding I don't I don't take it out and like sit in my bed and watch something like I'm I have something on my computer usually because my TV and my yeah. computer are right next to each other, so I can have something mm-hmm. on my computer I could be looking at while I'm just grinding away on my TV. Nice. It's like the same thing. I just don't pull it out in handheld mode.
0: Nice. have uh, been playing a lot of Octopath. And having the office on in the background, it's been a pretty good experience.
1: Ben, um, when my brother and his wife lived with us, yeah, I remember I would go to. This was when I was in beauty squad. Go to bed, because I had to get up early. I had to be there like 8 a.m. Yeah, and I would just be trying to sleep, and I would hear the office theme just blasting. I remember this. Bing, and just like blasting all the time when I'm
0: trying to sleep, dude. I'm Ugh. gonna get. I'm gonna get a lot of nightmares. I'm gonna yeah. get a lot of shit for this, but it's okay. Uh, lo- I love the Office as a show. I really hate that song. It sure. just, I, there's I, something about the, I mean, I hate it because I had a
1: bad experience with it, but
0: it just, so Netflix does this beautiful thing that I want every skip video, intro. skip intro, yeah. man. I love it. Uh, yeah. There's something about that, that opening song that is just a little like shrill to me. Sure. Don't like it. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about we have some cl- we've got a lot of classic things to talk about there's kind of like a classic theme yes, I think through excellent. all of these games uh, but I'm most curious about next is you've completed chipping Away At is what you referred to it as Darksiders 1 Darksiders
2: 1 War
0: Mastered had finished Darksiders
2: 1 on PS3 mm-hmm. Uh, have documented well my game breaking bug
0: in Darksiders <laughs> 2 at the very very end that I didn't get to finish You've had uh, several prominent games where you've had modes. game breaking bugs. I remember you, uh, Witcher 3 was rough for Witcher you, 3 was a side quest, oh. and
2: that screwed me up with Deekstra. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. I don't want to talk about it. Dude, Deekstra, I found your your supply cache, and I couldn't give it to you because
0: of a bug. Um, so he didn't have my back. I haven't played a single second of Darksiders 2, but I've always been really interested in Darksiders.
1: Wait, have Two? I, I think seriously vastly oh, superior yeah. to one. So, so much better. So much better.
0: But I th- when the demo for one came out, they actually let you play like a full dungeon. Nice. Um, and it was really sweet, and I played that and I loved it. Um, and I've started Darksiders 1 several times. Uh, but I've started again, and I'm I really want to get through both of them mm-hmm. before three comes out. Definitely. I've got a lot of stuff that I need to get through for work. Uh so it might be a slow process, but I just revisiting it again. Um, and getting to that first dungeon, I am super impressed. And you yeah. finished it. Yeah. And even though you like two more, it sounds like you're super impressed too.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's tricky because this is a game that gives me anxiety. And <laughs> Dark Starters One is it where. Gives you anxiety. Yeah, Ben, you ready for a story? This is the birth of my disdain for laser puzzles. Dark Siders One is the origin, the black tower is that portals too right portals and lasers combined is it just the fact that they're there no it's hard dude it's so confusing i had to look at a guide don't judge me i had to look it up no (laughs) i had to look it up you have to like move all these lasers into these these portals and then there's things with weight you have to like put a, a a box through a portal and make it land on this elevator and then that goes down and then you need to pour it up there and then move it over to th- like insanely challenging brain teasers not even brain teasers just insanely challenging puzzles like it really gets me and it's a blessing and a curse because that's why i really like dark dark side one because the combat isn't that great you know, mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's action combat. It's fine. It's, it's serviceable. Okay. I feel like
0: I had heard that opinion expressed, yeah. and then when I was starting up Dark Stars bad. One again, I was actually surprised at how good it felt. Yeah. Like, yes, it's simple, but simple. I don't think simple combat is necessarily a bad thing. No, not bad. Um, not bad. Though the the abilities that you get are very useful. I love the different sub weapons. Uh, the dodge feels really smooth. Oh, just sweet. Um, there's the just a wave. The- all of it oh, right. works in. To a great flow, yeah. where I feel like I can have a horde of enemies coming on, mm-hmm. and I can just get right into it and cleave through them, and it feels like a fun that time. That demon mode, yeah. popping that. Yeah. feels good. Uh, it, it it, feels good, and to me, in this type of game, where you're adventuring, you're solving puzzles, you're going through things, you're, you're doing some platforming, that's all I need, yeah. really. The, the
2: puzzles, when you finish them... Even even with a guide, I felt good on oh, the Black Tower. <laughs> but the other dungeons too, when you get through these dungeons, you really feel like you accomplished something. This is yeah. not a game like if you're if you want to catch up to Darksiders three, you better start now because these are games that you don't rush through. These like you know, I think of like a Devil May Cry, where you can just like burn your way through those games, like hack and slash and just go, right? And mm-hmm. and Darksiders is way more Zelda-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you go through these dungeons, a lot of puzzles, you really have to think things through. Uh, And I said it's a blessing and a curse because it challenges me and and I get frustrated sometimes, but solving them
0: and finishing them feels so good.
2: Yeah. So.
0: Um, It did this thing right at the beginning of the game where you needed to get to this path forward and the guy's like, hey, go and do all these challenges. Mm. And there were these combat challenges and you were timed or you uh had to deal with like diminishing health and I was like, this is gonna suck. Like these little combat challenges, I'm forced to do them just to get on with the story. I'm yeah. not looking forward to this. It was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um oh you go were, through the four, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I felt like the the challenges were quick enough, they were interesting enough and the combat was strong enough that I really enjoyed it yeah. and didn't mind. There was one hard uh, going one I, I
2: remember that. That. It gave game failed a couple times. It was like hmm. beat them in a certain amount of time and I was like not using my abilities in the proper order, I think. So I was like,
0: oh man,
3: I'm
2: like yeah. failing. I have like five seconds left each time and I'm like losing it. And then I like changed up my style.
0: But that's know? why I think the yeah. combat is, is strong enough because mm-hmm. there were certain guys where I'm like, oh, here I should just always instantly kill him. Here I should knock them up into the air, The specific enemy. And so there was enough going on uh, mm-hmm. that I felt interested to get yeah. to the challenges. So. And the story in one I think is okay. Again, I think two is an improvement.
1: I think all, the stories are everything. All okay, yeah, they're not crazy or anything. They're just all right.
2: The premise is cooler than the story. Yes, you know the war between heaven and hell and mm. earth caught in the middle and the four horsemen being framed or war, war specifically war being framed. Being framed, being framed yeah. Death trying to solve it all in the next one. I think that, that the premise is great. So,
0: I agree with what you're saying uh, so far, based on what I've seen. Not. Yeah. Not an amazing story, no, but I'm I'm kind of a sucker for just one of the Horsemen of the Apocalypse yeah. hanging out with Mark Hamill it's and like totally. just killing demons in the most brutal yes. way. It just kind of speaks to me totally. Yeah. I think, yeah. Totally. but yeah, totally. love to. He knows to play what too, it is. Man. Like totally. I don't think it. I don't think it's going into this and being like, listen, you have to take this super seriously. Mm-hmm. I, it does sort of have this uh, It's a little campy. Yeah, it, it has this campiness to it that mm-hmm. I I think makes it easy to get into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So couple, I don't know if two changes that. The
2: pace at the end no. uh, will... I'm, I'm going eager to be eager to see you finish Pull it off. Stop. Well, The Black Tower, because no spoilers, all right? You do the Black Tower, it's insanely long, insanely hard, but then they give you the classic no-no of video game design, in my opinion. All right, you just did that super hard thing. Now, go out and find six hidden things in the world. Hmm. The classic filler. The classic filler, like, after you just got through the Black Tower 2, like, the hardest thing. It's like, ah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, but again, 2 is awesome. 2 alleviates it. Yeah, and I still
0: better. really enjoy 1. Yeah.
2: For me, it's a classic Swimmin' in Sevens. What I'm most excited
0: about with the jump between one and two, and th- I think three looks really good. Three looks yes, um, so great. Is just you kind of have War, right, who's wielding this giant sword. He's this big, burly guy. And then you have mm-hmm. Death, who mm-hmm. just seems so much faster. Yeah. Um, and I love Man. the the difference between the two of them. And I'm excited yeah. to see how it feels yeah. to, to be in Death's shoes. And I'm excited for three to see, like, some
2: team-up action. Let's get some time, dude. We- no, that's four, dude. Ah! That's four.
3: Uh,
0: still got
1: another horseman to go.
0: <laughs> with what you were saying about this this tower, these puzzles be intimidated. I'm planting the seed now in your brain. I love <laughs> challenging puzzles that feel satisfying when you get through them. But this this sounds like it has so many moving parts that it would just kind of be tedious. It for me it was. Um, I had to look it up. Where I, where I, I no feel shit. like you Either might to see chat's reactions to it. Do you run into this problem Comments. with these puzzles where you you kind of take a look at it and you're like, okay, I figured out what I need to do. And now you kind of have this huge groan as you slowly move everything into yeah, place. Yes. That's when it's not fun. Like yep. you, you kind of want the puzzles where there's a process of you figuring out and solving it at the same totally. time. Totally. Like, what do I do here? What do I need to do? Oh, yeah, that's what I need to do. Okay, I got just, it. it. Those it are the best. It
2: slides into place very yeah. quickly. This not is like, the... okay, I need to do this. How the hell? Right. Like, right. okay, let me move this here. Let me move this there. Nope. That it's, oh. Uh, Brad,
0: too, has a very different structure, right? Like, it's it's kind of uh, a little bit more open than, it's than more, one is?
1: It's more open, yeah. It's like the same kind of, like, you know, you go to dungeons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely encourages the exploration more. I think the dungeons are better into, mm-hmm. and there's more variety. More side quests. More side quests. It's just, it's like, the classic seal just, it it's better. It just does what one does and improves upon it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Same kind of formula, but just does it a little better.
2: Unfortunately, uh... To let people that don't know this, uh, the Definitive Edition yes. came out before the War Mastered Edition. So they released the remaster of two before one. So the remaster of two is only 30 frames per second, mm-hmm. got a ton of backlash. So then the remaster of one is 60. So, in terms of the better remaster, I think Darksiders 1 yes, is probably is. a better... it is. quite one,
0: unfortunate. The The remaster of 1, I think, is quite sharp, man. Quality. Uh, I think they did a nice job yeah like, that
1: up. The definite one is just like, it's
0: 1080p now. And it's like... Mm. Play it on PC. Yeah, yeah you can play on PC. You could play on PC, PC. You play could on play PC. PC originally, and it'd be 60. Play it on PC. Uh, Brad, we're talking about combat and... To me, some of the greatest combat in video games is something that you played through very recently. Yeah. And that is Devil May, Devil Cry, May Cry 4. 4.
1: Devil May Cry 5 is on the horizon. I uh, I streamed a little four. I got it on sale, first of all. The special edition on PS4. Yeah, when it I came out. And I was like, oh, I'll buy this. Like, it's like $7. Yeah, hell yeah, I'll buy that. Streamed a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is fun. Then I restarted it on my own. Combat's really good, Ben.
0: It is really good.
1: But... There's a lot of problems in this game. Yes, where this there This game are. feels like a very... <laughs> throughout the time you playing this game, I was like, this is a very 2008 video game. Sure. The entire time.
0: Yeah, it. I think what you're saying is true. I think particularly when... There, there's one platforming section that is a little annoying. And just when you do have Dude, to platform, it doesn't it's not, feel
1: the best. It's... It's, like, the padding. This game has a ton of padding. Oh, yeah, and that's what I was going to
0: say. The fact that you have to go through it essentially twice and do very similar things and fight the same bosses. Three times. Yeah, and and do a rush at the end. Three times. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, It's a little bit much, um, and I think it would be even more egregious if the combat wasn't so good. Oh, man. But even with the excellent combat, it's... you wish there was a full game there instead when you, of like... You
1: start the game as Nero and you go through the whole thing, you get to one point, you get to point B, then you start as uh, Dante, then you yeah. go all the way back to point A. Yeah. You just, it's like, ah, oh, and you do this, like a lot of the same stuff going through, like the same bosses. Mm-hmm. The bosses don't even really change at all. They don't correct. do anything different. Yep. You do that, then you go through again a boss
0: rush mode with the stupid dice. Do you remember the dice? Oh, I do. This is like the oh, I do.
1: worst thing they could do.
0: Yeah. And you you encounter the dice early on, and you're like, okay, that was not very enjoyable. Glad that's over. Yeah. And then at the end, they and make like, it way worse. It's like five times that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, why is this happening? Why right. are they doing this? This
1: sucks. It's not fun.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I think you're completely right. Uh, to kind of illustrate what we're talking about for those who aren't familiar with it, at the end of Devil May Cry 4, you have to open these doors and you have to there's this giant uh, die that you need to hit and when you hit it uh, you'll go a certain number of spaces on this board and in order to get through the next door you have to get on
3: a specific to a spot. specific
0: space mm-hmm. and so you might overshoot it um, and then you'll land on spots where you have to Luckily, keep getting the dice hits
1: are super easy to predict yes. it's just whatever one you hit it's gonna be that right. so that's really nice but it's like I messed up one time Ben I had to go all the way yeah, around one time I was it's like, just oh! a little
0: tedious um that being said, Brad, uh, when I say that this is like some of the best comments that I've experienced, I really mean that, and I mean that for both Nero and Dante. Really
1: fun, they both play completely, well, pretty different. And yeah, both, I would say they're extremely different. They're both, like, they both have their own mechanics. Dante has like the the stance things that he had in 3, yes. right? Yes, That's yes, That's what yes. I was trying to remember. But now
0: you're able to switch them on, on the, fly. the fly. Was 3 you had to go in the menu yeah. to do it? 3 okay. you had to, to change it the Yeah, this is way menu. better, and you can yeah. switch
1: his guns like really quick with the trigger, which is really
0: fun. Yep. Uh, uh, Yes, and just switching between all the styles on the fly and uh, being like... Because there are things that you get in the styles that are so important where it's like, oh, I want to extend my combos as Swordmaster, but I also want to dash as Trickster. Like, you really need to get into this flow where you're like, okay, change, 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 and you just feel like this incredible badass when you get mm-hmm. it, where yeah. you're able to switch styles and react to things as they're happening, and it's so, so, so juicy, and the boss fights really reward you for timing things correctly. Like mm-hmm. Nero with the Devil Devilbringer, uh, there are points where you can break them and do these incredibly flashy, like, just Azura's otherworldly rap. good attacks <laughs> yeah. for, like, breaking them down and getting them to this point where they're vulnerable uh, in order to do that. And uh, just the devil bringer, just like flying to them or bringing yeah. them to you,
1: so good. Mostly cool environments, I would say. The town you start in yeah. is really cool. Then you go to the castle, which is really cool. The jungle is like
0: eh, jungle is kind
1: of kind of lame. I gotta admit,
2: I love jungles.
1: I do. I love jungles. I and the towns jungle, and castles. Just, like the jungle is just kind of whatever. And then when you go through on Dante again, you have to like go through like weird gates in a certain order. I was like, this sucks. Yeah, in the jungle, this there is sucks, there is dude. one part that I think
0: is I I sort of appreciate what they were going for, but I didn't think it. Was all that interesting? Dante's
1: campaign is way more lame, mm. but it, he's really fun to play. It's like the stuff you have to do yeah. through levels is Dante is way more lame. I think it was like laid out better with Nero, like going through the castle, for example, like yeah. unlocking little doors and Nero. Dante's just kind of like, let me just run through this real quick as fast as I can but he's super fun to play as.
0: Yeah, um, I, I like Nero. I like what they did with him as a me character. Too. I especially well, yeah. enjoy him This game
1: made me like Dante more than I ever had in my
0: life. Yes, that's what I wanted to say, Brad, is I think out of all the Double May Cry games, this might be my favorite interpretation like, of Dante.
1: I like Dante. Like I've played all the Devil May Crys. So I'm like, yeah, Dante's okay. He's whatever. But when I played through this one where I was like more into it for some reason. Uh-huh. I think they did a great job with Dante as a character. Like. He's super like cheese dick and all that kind of stuff, like, but I think it works. They do it right.
0: <laughs> he's super he's super cheesy, yes, but it the things that they have him do actually feel clever. Yeah, I think so it's I good, think, yeah. I think that's where things break apart with the mm-hmm. cheesy character, right? Where it, When it's just cheesy, but it, it's so obvious or so overdone, you don't mm-hmm. really care. But when he's, like, forming a heart out of explosions or getting into, like, this this stage battle with one of the bosses and they're trying to, like, outperform each other, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is really clever and fun and totally fits this character. They're
2: smart to put it in between two and three because two he's way too serious he's a drag oh. three oh yeah three he's a drag i feel two. like he's a little too well, it, he's like a you're, saying, you're saying
0: narratively putting in between two and three
2: J- uh, like and da- so one as well and one as well dante as yeah. like a Before person two but after one and three yes there we go okay. so yeah i just think it, it like again two he's too serious but in three he's like too young and too immature. Yeah. I do like him in 3, but I think 4 is... is the sweet the spot. spot? Yeah, the sweet spot. Exactly. I agree,
0: I agree. I think 3 has my favorite story going on. It feels like... Drama. Things just matter for Dante a lot yeah, more absolutely. than they do in four. Where in four, <laughs> he's just, just kind of
1: cleaning up the mess. Yeah, he's like this. He, like I never yeah. felt like a sense of danger at all from right. Dante. He was never like worried or concerned this whole game. Like right. Nero was like freaking out about stuff, and he Dante's just like,
0: yeah, whatever, it's cool, uh, it's funny. But dude, dude.
1: I want to bring up uh, <laughs> so funny.
0: Pandora's box. Do you remember this weapon? Oh, it's so good. It's So good. When we were hyping up the trailers, I brought this up. But yes, the the Pandora gun is amazing. Also, like I forgot about how fun the cuts scenes are in this game yes dude they're
1: so fun dude. yeah like when he gets pandora's box they show him using all the stuff mm-hmm. then you do the stuff he was doing in the cutscene with the weapon i was like
0: yes this is great um speaking of like favorite interpretations of characters uh Trish, trish Tris. trish is she's my the favorite one, from one right yeah she's okay. from one i i like her way more in uh four four than i did in any of the other games yeah, what's the other
1: girl's name lady
0: she's lady. from three right yes okay. correct uh but oh, man, the Trish does some stuff that I don't want to ruin if you get into it, but I just think mm-hmm. it's super fun, and I think she bounces off Dante and that attitude. Yeah, uh, I haven't better. played through the
1: uh, their campaigns or uh, special edition, like Virgil's campaign. Yeah, I blanked for a second. I haven't played through theirs yet, though. Um, I've is it around like filler or is it canon?
0: <laughs> Virgil's is before it all. Oh, it, Okay. I've I've it's watched uh, the cutscenes on YouTube mm-hmm. for them. I've messed around with Lady a little bit. I need to actually go through and play all of Lady and Trisha's campaign. I need to play all of Virgil's campaign. I didn't find Lady particularly enjoyable to play, and okay. I think that's kind of why I fell off. But like, don't get too invested in the it, from I, a I lore perspective. I don't even already. Like, really I'm just is there to have fun, kind of in and that's
1: what it is. Yeah. yeah. But this get I'm gonna go through all of them now though before five yeah. comes out. I'm like yeah. It's yeah. been long, and I haven't played them since they came out on PS2. Dang, yeah. Dude. So it's been a long time.
0: I am really excited to Short revisit three. Yeah. Um, because, well, four did some things that I think were mechanically just awesome with Nero yeah. uh, and Dante. Just some of the boss battles in one, um, like bat- the battles with Virgil are like among my favorite boss battles in uh, any uh, video. Is three
1: game. like the tower? Yes. For the tower, tower right? Yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah,
0: dude. There's a tower
2: in like. All of
0: them, but now DLC. I want to.
1: <laughs> I want to play the DMC Special Edition where you play as Virgil. The DLC because I never Virgil's, did that. Virgil's oh, now okay. play. I haven't
0: played that either. I need okay. to play
1: the. Yeah, uh,
2: it's that. It's the budget DLC where uh, there's like no real cutscenes. It's like uh, still hand drawn images. Oh, kind of. Really? Yeah. Hmm. yeah, but it's cool. Uh, speaking of de- sword we, rolls. we don't have to make this a Yama separate 12?
0: category. We can just roll this right in. But I've been. I played through just very recently. I played through Devil May Cry one, and I, again, and I'm playing through Devil May Cry two again. And all of the bad feelings that I had about Devil May Cry 2 are on fire right now. (laughs) That game, that game is a ebony and ivory, ebony and
2: ivory, just to win. Not only, not only like shoot okay you,
0: you can mash your guns to get Stay through there. like pretty much anything yes but what what kills me is <sighs> there are bosses where it's like you're not even on the screen yeah. and I am just uh, just chewing through your health yeah yeah. <laughs> this is nonsense you do, just aim and shoot and you, you you do a you do a respectable amount of damage just with your normal guns and then you turn it to devil trigger and you're like this is comical <laughs> yes yeah. and, it, and that's the sound yeah. it's just like how's, uh, uh, how's the wall
1: run I remember that being cool though,
0: so that's a cool but Useless. Well, okay. yeah, ex- yeah okay. pretty much, pretty cool. much. Where it's <laughs> this thing where it's like, okay, it's neat to see Dante flip off the walls in certain <laughs> yeah. ways, but you don't need it. Gotcha. It's yeah. not really Pure that swag vital. Points. Yeah. Whereas, like the styles, I feel like you get so much out of taking the time to learn how to apply all of them. <sighs> I think, in, like the, in the charge,
1: Ford attack, and Del May Cry games
0: are one of the most stinger? satisfying oh, yeah, yeah. things Absolutely. in like all
1: video games. To Absolutely, do. stinger
0: for life. Uh, so good! I cannot wait for Devil May Cry Five. I can't yeah, wait for the
2: demo even even more. that's um, going to be uh, attached to Resident Evil Two.
1: Oh, you know it, dude! It's just going to be, it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be uh, Code Veronica
0: X mm-hmm. all over again. Yep,
2: get a little demo in there.
0: I feel like we're revisiting a lot of stuff with a lot of people. And Huber, you've been revisiting the Arkham trilogy, and <laughs> oh, I know yeah. that those games are oh, yeah. near and dear to you. Oh yeah. How was this version of them?
2: So I would recommend not playing the remasters of one and two. Whoa! Because uh visually it's just off. They mess with the colors. Oh. Things color are ju- Yeah, Things just look weird. Off. Uh if you look at like images side by side, like these remasters are definitely not the best mm-hmm. um it is nice though the to just play them on you know this gen console and 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 the the it's got the fluidity and and all of that jazz and new trophies to collect mm-hmm. and so that's all nice um but from a purist standpoint the uh the originals are superior definitely understand uh it's unfortunate that the remasters didn't get the the tlc
1: don't hey, you try once you give that a patch
2: yeah they patched it but then it wasn't enough
3: like oh yeah. shoot uh, it's not
2: a train wreck. Again, it's not a train wreck. You can totally play through these, uh, and it's fine. But the originals are. are a so if better. you're
1: saying like you've never played them before, you probably wouldn't even notice.
2: <laughs> you yeah, you probably you might not even notice. You might not even notice. Um, but oh my god, I love these games. I try to replay them every few years. Well, let's clarify.
1: Batman is like your favorite Batman's thing of my all time. Favorite
2: property of all time, hands down, straight up. Batman's my favorite character, hands down, straight up, tip top, number one. Uh, And I had only played Arkham Knight once because they had a long rollout of a couple months of DLC. Yeah. Um, And I remember loving it, but not as much as one and two. And that opinion still holds. I do think it is the weakest of the three. Is it because of the villain? It's because of, of, of the Arkham, Arkham Knight. Knight yeah, the Arkham Knight is a bust. I think uh, Troy Baker. No offense, Troy Baker, but it's very—it's a very Troy Baker performance. If you listen to it, it's just like—what does that mean? Just, uh, come on, Batman! Let's go, Batman! Oh,
1: come on, guys! Like, or it just stands out too it much just, to you. Yeah, it's like you are you're just Troy hearing,
2: Baker,
0: you're hearing
1: Troy Baker. Um, what, in what, I'm in,
0: what I'm interpreting from yeah. that impression which was wonderful by the way is that like it it feels a little forced like trying a little bit too hard
2: yeah like he just didn't get the character maybe like wow i'm so sorry to call you out troy like this is not personal uh he's a phenomenal voice phenom- actor. Yes. like the best in the biz yeah he's 10 out 10 the best in the biz yeah uh and i don't put the full blame on him it's also the way arkham knight is written and the way arkham knight is is in this game uh because he does have really cool moments there's a really cool moment where he leads you into a trap and they all like drop in from the rafters and like smoke goes off and there's like glass in between you guys so like you're just standing there staring him down and he's like He's like, target the weak points up above the shoulder between the chest plate. That's where he's weakest. Like mm-hmm. so there are cool moments with him. Mm-hmm. Uh but I just think he's a weird It's a it's a it's a There's just no payoff there. There's no payoff. You see it a mile away. Um the you never feel the stakes. It's just it just didn't work. It just didn't work for me. The entire Arkham Knight character, which is unfortunate, because I feel like Rocksteady deserves to make their own villain mm. for this franchise. That's what I wanted them to do with before Arkham Knight even came out. I was like, yeah, dude, make your own villain. Like this is your universe. Sure, get it, do it. Heck yeah, like you deserve it. Uh, and I love I love new interpretations of, of old classic characters mm-hmm. and, and little spins on it. I just didn't think it worked out in the overarching narrative. I thought Scarecrow was strong, uh, but yeah. So anyway, all three of these games. Uh, going back, I'm going to have to say that Arkham City is my favorite. Most focused game, but also... The perfect size. Because Arkham Knight falls into this trap where it's just bloated. There's... Okay. The biggest criticism of Arkham Knight is there's too much Batmobile, right? hmm And that is true... But there are a lot of a lot of spots in Arkham Knight where you don't have to use the Batmobile. Yeah. I want to I want to call out the Penguin side quests where you're like tailing his cars. You're just like standing on a rooftop, like tracking his vehicles to his weapon shipments. Uh, you're not allowed to use the Batmobile there because they don't want to know you're you're you have to be secret. Uh, the bank heist missions with Two Face, you don't have to use the Batmobile. The Zeppelins, you can't use the Batmobile obviously because it's mm-hmm. this flying fortress. There's so many parts where you don't have to use the Batmobile, but then they throw in like f- so many, uh, like APCs driving around, yeah, dude. tank missions, Ugh. like deactivate the mine, but while you're doing it, like 50 tanks are coming in that you need to kill. Way too much of that. So I feel like Arkham Knight really needs the player to be the editor. Okay, let me explain this to you. Whoa, let's go. Okay. We're getting deep here. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You make the game. They added the Season of Infamy DLC later down the line, which is phenomenal. Okay, this came out post-release, unfortunately. This is Mad Hatter, Killer Croc, Rayshao Ghoul, and Mr. Freeze. They all get their own side quest, their own arc. Okay. Now, going back, this is now implemented into the main campaign. And it unlocks periodically at different percentages of the campaign. You're free to do it. But no one in the game really acknowledges... Like, Scarecrow doesn't acknowledge anything. It's really cool in the main game because Scarecrow is like... He's like, oh, it looks like Cobblepot and Dent have joined the party, Batman. Mm-hmm. Tired? Like, he knows, right? Because the city is evacuated. It's pure chaos. That's something that I thought
0: city did such a good job C- of, too.
2: That's why, I, that's why city's the best. Because it's all... It's the perfect balance.
0: You really get a sense of th- what you're doing as Batman is affecting everything, everything. And, and where you're going, the way you, visually, the way that people are communicating yes. to you, changes. the
2: urgency of the different situations. Like, yeah, you need to stop Hugo Strange right now, but Victor, Victor Zaz is going to cut someone up. You need to follow that phone line. Like, you don't get bogged down with things too much. And Arkham Knight, you really, really can get in that check checklist mentality mm-hmm. so that's where i'm coming from with like be your own editor because if you checklist it you're not going to have as much fun and you can trigger those uh dlc side quests whenever you want so for example the mad hatter one is like you get a call from cash and he's like it's like hey batman mad hatter just turned himself into gcpd he's asking about you come on over <laughs> whereas like and then there's a 2 Face one where alfred is like we're getting reports of a bank robbery in progress. In progress. So head cannon. It's like okay, he's robbing the bank now. I gotta go. But on the way there, all these little like things, BS. Like oh, here's another tower. Get those points. Like oh, here's another tower. Like it's on the way. Might as well stop and take these guys out. Like, no sense of urgency. No. Yeah. The, so it's like really, if you kind of like slot different. Villains and quests in a right order, I think the narrative city will be better because I'm getting in this mode where it's like, All right, checklist APC, get it. Like, meanwhile, Oracle is being held hostage, Catwoman's being held hostage, Scarecrow and Riddler are both like, Yeah, we're gonna kill him right now unless you come. Uh, yeah, hold that thought, guys. Let me let me stop this APC down here.
0: I get what you're (laughs) saying. Uh, I think the thing that's hard for me and was hard for me as I played Arkham Knight Mm -hmm. is when you say don't get in a checklist mentality, I can do it so easily for games that I don't think feel that good. Mm. uh, Or, or the reason I'm doing those checklist things is just to fulfill a completionist tendency. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Batman, I really enjoy fighting, guys. I yeah. really enjoy going around the city just because it feels so good yeah. that I want to do those things. Mm-hmm. I want to tick yeah. off those boxes. And so when you're saying don't do no, all of I that stuff... I still want to do that stuff. It's hard.
2: Yeah, I want to do that stuff. I just think it really messes up the story. Sure. Pacing, sure. that's the main criticism. Gotcha. I love all that stuff, and I really don't mind the Batmobile. I've, I've Replaying Arkham Knight, I've come up and down, up and down on my Batmobile... Desires and when you chuck in all that side quest stuff, there's a little too much APC, a few too many mines, there's a little too much, but there's also the main story and like the Two Face and Penguin stuff. Like, there's a lot of parts when you don't use the Batmobile, so I I think I got my ups and downs with it. Sure, it's because. There's so, like you said, there's so much of the APC
1: exactly. stuff, it's like, I don't want to play Twisted Metal right now, yeah. like, I want to be Batman. Just if, if they dialed that back a little bit, I yeah. think it would have been better for it. Yeah, I think so,
2: too. Because some of those DLC arcs, too, like they had just implemented those in the main uh, game, too, and, and like, sure, it, it's kind of a rehash of Arkham City, yeah, because, like, this big chunk of the city is, is taken over by all the villains, like, it, it makes sense... Uh, maybe they were afraid to to rehash it too much, but mm-hmm. uh, some of those DLC arcs are awesome. Like Rachel Ghoul's is so cool. It, it it poses the ultimate question: uh, Will Batman save someone or let them die? Like Killer Croc's story is so tragic. He's being experimented on and turning more and more mutants. Like if you follow his arc, he's like super
0: bestial now. Mm-hmm.
2: And you, I really
0: ba- want to see that.
2: It is awesome killer crocs is awesome they added all the the co-op combat too like combat in arkham knight is ridiculously good mm-hmm. they added the, the tag team so like you and catwoman you and nightwing you and robin can just like go in and bust heads together look at how
0: excited you are
2: dude Nightwing's banter of like like come on batman i got the lead because he's like taking more people out just super good um arkham asylum is phenomenal phenomenal. So but there's there's things you wish you could do when you go back to Arkham Asylum that sure. you can't do. Sure sure sure. Uh everything is simpler, which isn't a bad thing. It's just like you have way less utility. Uh there's just the the predator mode, you know, like the predator rooms are not as complicated and not as good for like like arkham city adds uh disarm and destroy which is my favorite move where it's a special combo takedown where you just run up on a dude with a gun and take it apart right in front of him uh they add like the bat claw takedown where you can like pull someone towards you and like slam him down like city and night really take the combat to another level.
0: I feel like you are just making this brilliant case for city being the best one because I it love doesn't city have it doesn't have all the fat of night. Best Knight, of both worlds, um, and it, it's not quite as simple as asylum. And mm-hmm. it's making me think because I, forever, uh, even in the early GTA's, I was somebody that said asylum was better than city. And the more that I think about it, a lot of that has to do with expectation and the novelty of it at first because arkham asylum really came out of nowhere mm-hmm. really? like there was not this huge overwhelming anticipation mm-hmm. uh, I, to say that there wasn't any anticipation would kind of uh be not be doing it correct not yeah. be doing it justice but it really blew up over time totally. once people saw how good it was and i remember kind of picking it up unassumingly and and not having all of those expectations. Not thinking this is going to be one of the, the defining games of this generation. <laughs> yeah. Which it was. Yeah. Like None of that weight was on there. And so there was just kind of this wow factor of... I can't believe they got the tone of Batman so right. I can't believe mm-hmm. they got the combat so right. I can't yeah. believe they made me feel like this sort of detective but in a fun way. Uh, and with City... It was just like taking that that super juicy core and expanding upon it and expanding upon it in really amazing ways. But the expectation was there. I was expecting it to be an incredible game. And that, I think, really... Uh, is why I always gave Asylum the nod, but yeah. you're probably right. You're probably right that no, city it's is just a matter a of a taste, again.
2: honestly. No, I, I, I think I you made the
0: case. There never do. will. I don't think there will
2: be a right answer. to This. I just prefer City. Uh, like Asylum, you can't even like dive bomb, glide. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. Like I love just flying around the city. Uh, the way, obviously, I love No Man's Land. It's one of my favorite Batman stories. The way, like. Two-Face is held up in the courthouse with his gang. Mm. The way Joker is in Ace Chemicals with his gang. Yeah. Like, Penguin is in the Iceberg Lounge. It's such a simple concept, but it's so cool how each of these criminals carves out a spot in their own city. Then you have Hugo Strange pulling the strings, but also he's not pulling the strings because someone else is. And then you have Joker as the wild card and who, who's Joker, who Joker is allied with has been out there for so long, and I've spoiled it a million times. I won't say it here, but like... <laughs> All the way City ends is one of my favorite just straight-up Batman moments ever. And I do ever. think the ending in, in the Asylum of is, is
0: just trash.
2: The ending of Asylum is not good. The ending of City is one of the yeah. best of mm-hmm. all
0: time. Um, I will tell
2: Draft that
0: tweet. I'm a I'm a huge <laughs> sucker for very intimate settings. Um, I I think of Spencer Mansion yeah. in Resident Evil. I'm not talking shit on Asylum. It's you no, 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 no. You're not yeah. talking shit on okay. it. Okay, um, twenty out of ten. You're not talking shit on it. But <laughs> I so I good. did kind of like this unfolding enclosed nature mm-hmm. of Asylum. Yes. Uh, where it's much more sprawling in city. But you're right. They totally do that thing where they give each individual villain their own space to breathe it's not mm-hmm. just like hey this villain that you love is taking up a spot on the map that looks the same as everywhere else it's like no this is their turf yeah. they own it it is a completely different vibe from every other part of the city totally. uh, and so you are the completely Mr. Freeze right boss fight He's is one of rad. the defining mm-hmm. boss mm-hmm. fights mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. and uh, the
2: way Cap- Catwoman is implemented too is phenomenal you got to play as her in Arkham City her feud with Two-Face it's really great that the game starts with her actually it's a little prologue of her like robbing two-face uh and that hugo strange knows batman is bruce wayne is so threatening and it's such a cool just a cool premise i just love it so much i and Ark the way arkham knight (laughs) looks and feels that can't be understated you know we're, we talk bad about Arkham Knight and like maybe it's not the best payoff I, for this trilogy yeah. and the Batmobile is kind of a bummer and the game is bloated but holy shit does this game look and feel amazing
0: that is the thing oh with Arkham Knight goodness. is i every time i boot it up i i felt like it would come after this wave of negativity people complaining about too much yeah. Batm- batmobile or or it not being as good as the other games mm-hmm. and the experience that I would always have is not that those things weren't necessarily true, but I was still having a great time. Yeah. Like, yes, it, it may falter in some areas, but I think overall it's still a really strong game. So much, especially when you compare it to many other
3: games. Yep.
2: Yeah. Like, like Jones always gives them shit about being the Batman. Cause Arkham Knights hashtag was be the Batman. And he's like, what was I in Arkham Asylum and Arkham city? And it's like, Jones, man, they're not, it's like, just, It's come just on. marketing. It's you just, just first it of go. all, it's just marketing. Just first of all, it's just marketing. And second of all, like, no offense, but in Arkham Asylum, I didn't really feel like Batman, like, going back now. Like, going back now, like, when it came out, obviously. You're the Batman, of course. But if you retrospectively go back to Arkham Asylum, it's like, eh, don't really feel like Batman here. A little janky. Like, don't have the flying. Don't have as, as many gadgets. Like, really in night. I think City, I felt like the Batman. Totally. No. To- yeah. In City as well, of course. But like, in Night, like, you... Like, just... There's so many small things. Like, like uh, dive-bombing up to a place and then doing a roll to come out of it into, like, a fear-takedown and taking on three dudes. Shooting up to, like, ledges. Like, grappling up through the vents you can do. Uh, all the little, like, blade-takedowns. Taked- blade they added those in two, of course. Mm-hmm. But, uh just your movement you know because you get the new suit in Arkham Knight and you're faster you're stronger like they contextualize that which yeah. I love
1: yeah that tagline's like okay it's not as bad when I think about like become the Tomb Raider for like Rise of Tomb Raider it's like well I've been the Tomb Raider for two games already and I've already been doing tombs yeah but it's not like become like it's be the Batman you said yeah it's like yeah
0: it's okay but it's be not Batman. become the Batman exactly if it
1: was become the Batman then I think <laughs> yeah, like, that's really that was yeah, yeah.
0: totally uh, Love it. I have mentioned this several times. I'm going to say it again because it's especially strong right now. Something that I hate about Frame Trap is every once in a while, not every once in a while, pretty much every episode, somebody will bring up something, and I just, I'm like, I want to throw everything that I'm playing in the trash mm. and play that thing. And what you've done is you've like rekindled. I hadn't thought about the Arkham games in forever. Mm. Just hadn't thought about They're them. So easy. And to you play reminded too. me of how just absolutely wonderful those games are all of them the
2: way they're all connected is so phenomenal like all the little easter eggs all the little nods you can track things in arkham city from the very beginning of the game that pay off at the end like there are so many little secrets and nuggets that's so cool so great and arkham knight honors all that too like again people shit all over arkham knight it's a great game Riddler in Arkham Knight is insane. He's like the main villain, honestly.
0: (laughs) Riddler is the main villain. I mean, (laughs) I asked this because I I legitimately don't know the answer. Is there any villain that isn't super well presented in the Arkham games? Firefly's trash.
2: (laughs) You roll up on three fire
0: departments each
2: time that are okay. in flames. Okay. You use your Batmobile yeah. to like put out the flames. He comes busting That's out. Ha ha, Batman can't catch me. You fly, you track
0: him sure. in your car. You do that 3 times and then you catch him. I guess the reason <laughs> that I say that is when I think about the Arkham games, I think of all of these amazing moments. Is Man-Bat yeah.
1: in night yeah,
3: okay.
0: Yeah, that's You know, I have not played any Origins, and I gotta change Origins that. is uh, phenomenal.
2: The reason I didn't bring it up this time is because I have so many other things going on. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah. even be playing you these Yeah. I love how you're like, I limited myself to playing all
1: of these three <laughs> games. Just play
0: around Christmas. It's yeah. a Christmas game. Exactly. Origins yeah. is phenomenal. I mean, I'm long overdue for Darksiders, so I'm going to stick on this Darksiders train. But sure. Yeah,
2: one thing at a time. You know, you put this in a, in a back pocket somewhere. And I've just been itching for Rock City's new game. That's kind of where this came from, too. Yep. Yeah. You can't take it. And oh, the, cool, coolest, the coolest 100% and the coolest one hundred percent of a game of all time. I really feel like that's so cool. Last thing before we move on. I'm sorry. No, you're Last fine. Last thing is my is my I I love that GC the G C P D building, who I'm way more affiliated now with because I watch Gotham, G C P D for life. Uh that it is a stronghold in the city and as you stop crimes, the cells get more filled up. And I love that. So when you're catching criminals, you're locking them up. You're calling cash, sending cars to pick people up. It's getting more and more and more and more yep. packed and packed, and they're calling you out when you return there. The supervillains are all locked up there. Uh, and again, when you 100% this game and you get the Nightfall protocol, I think it is uh, one of the coolest 100%ing of a game's... I think it's one of the best payoffs cool. for in terms of 100%ing a game. Cool.
0: Um... I have a little bit of information to drop on you guys. A little Whoa. bit of knowledge about Frame Trap and its lore. Uh, something we haven't talked about. Sweating. you yeah, talking I'm about sweating? sweating? It's really hot in here. We're dying. Dripping right now. But we'll get through it. <sighs> I'm dripping.
2: It. Yeah. We'll, we'll get through it. I feel it. like I'm in a sauna. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We might have to like open up that door a little no, bit more.
2: We're going to make it last, dude.
0: We're gonna Let's get loopy. Let's get loopy. Let's get loopy. Uh, the yeah, demons, we've been loopy. The demons of Frame Trap are really into marketing. And so, when you said "Be the Batman," <laughs> uh, they wanted to do hashtag Shit. Be the Batman. Dang it! And uh, they're way into that. So they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna take that and they're gonna try to learn some marketing lessons. They love marketing. These demons. If you're not familiar with this segment, uh, we play a game that is a lot of fun just to break up the flow of the show. At this point in the show, we've talked about a lot of games. We've had really, hopefully, intense conversations, meaningful conversations. This is just a little bit of a, a fresh air. Have a little bit of fun. Uh, And today, in honor of the Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 that are coming out next Tuesday, which Uh I'm very excited about, we are doing probably my favorite rendition of Cotton Frame Trap, and that is Real or Fake. And so what you will have to do is you will have to tell me if these Mavericks, these Mega Man X bosses, are real and they're all (laughs) crazy
1: or fake. I'm not super familiar with Mavericks. Yeah,
0: it's going to be hard. It's going to be very, very hard, but it'll be fine. Uh, We're throwing a lot of the old rules in the trash. The first one, you don't have to whisper otaki or any of that nonsense. The first one to answer will get the point. Excellent. But before we do that, We have some very generous people to talk about. And that is our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the show is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. We talk about a lot of Batman. Now we're talking a lot about Greg. Thank you, Greg. Next, we have Dale's son. And Dale would like to do something very sweet. He just wants to thank the allies who stopped by and hung out when he pretended to be a streamer. It was a blast. Uh, He's also going to shout out two of the streamers that helped him out. You will find links for those two streamers in the description below. Those are Diffuse Moose, which is a great name, Mm -hmm. and Terrified... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Well, yeah, well, Diffuse Moose, there we go, and Terrified Printy. Those are the two streamers that we're promoting this time. We'll promote... Another two later on. Next, we have Jesse Jestifer Vitelli. You can find him on Twitch as Jestifer and on Twitter at Jesse Vitelli. Next, we have a game. (laughs) And... Again, we've already talked about Huber's love of laser puzzles, and it is Crystal Hunters from Zotig. <laughs> Crystal Hunters is a puzzle game inspired by classics like The Adventure of Lolo and Chip's Challenge. Take on 45 levels of mind bending puzzles as you go on a journey to collect the crystals scattered around the land. Play as Thomas or Amelia, guided by Grandpa Buckley, and go get those crystals. Disclaimer for Huber and Huber Types there are laser puzzles. Zotag loves laser puzzles. Next wait, we wait. We
1: love laser puzzles here. I don't know what, what's going on here. <laughs> I don't have anything against laser puzzles. We love puzzles. laser puzzles.
0: I will say, just to, to break this up a little bit, sometimes like an ally will have a feeling that is just like so intense that other people will apply it to us. Totally. Yes. totally. I have nothing against laser puzzles. Nor does Ian, nor just, does Just Kyle. on the record. As long as yeah. you've done well. Just on the record. They played The Witness. We all got our own our own things that we hate. I think I'm the only one that can't stand tarantulas. I don't Dude,
2: like. You heard They the suck. spider bite? And they had to like
0: amputate. What? No, mind. please mind. don't. No, please. it's gonna. Don't let my mind run wild. Something like spider like bit this kid. Uh huh. That I mean that happens. Yeah. But they had to amputate. Is what? Like, oh, Yeah.
2: insane. So what kind of spider was it? Dude, I I woke up actually at like two a.m. Mm-hmm. I was like I shouldn't say waking up. I was nodding in and out. Went to the bathroom, turn the light on. Huge, spider in my bathtub. Yeah. Harry, slightly.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, slightly. Even slightly is the, bad. Like the biggest spider I've seen in my home ever, like on home turf. Did you get startled? Yeah. Oh my god! I didn't know what to do. It was like, should I kill this thing? Should I leave it alone? What do I we do? Leave it- <laughs> Just gonna let him attack you? I don't know. Like I, I. What'd you do? I, like, shoot Sh- it shoot it down the drain. I
1: went Ooh. down the drain.
0: Did we- you
2: spray it down there? I didn't turn the faucet on.
1: You gotta there. be thorough. Yeah. Make sure that thing's gone.
0: We yeah. uh, moved into this place that we're in now. We've been there for like two years, and we've loved it. It's been the best place we've ever lived. Uh, but in that two-year period, I would say, oh my god, there's been like no bugs at all. It's just been completely clean, and then a couple of months ago... Just went in the bathroom and there was a giant bug and I was like, nope, now we're tainted. Yep. Yep. Now we have to move. Time
1: to move. Time to yep. burn it down to move. Yep.
0: Next sponsor is JoJo's Dent Co. Yeah. We're going to need to do a spirit bomb here, boys. Please raise your hands and send me your energy as I may not have a day off this month. JoJo, here is all the energy that we can give, man. All of it. Good luck. That sounds rough. Oh, yeah. Throw I thought we were just giving energy. Yeah, we we're throwing it
1: and throwing it. And we were throwing it at JoJo. Do you want to do that? <laughs> He'll catch it.
0: Next, we okay. have Jake Muster. He says, "Hey, allies! I just wanted to reach out and do what I can to support an outstanding group of hardworking individuals who are putting out some of the best content on the planet. Keep up the great work, everyone. Love and respect, Jake."
1: Well, thanks, Jake.
0: That's super nice. Next sponsor is Good Old Blue. Thank you, Blue. Thank you, thank you. And now we are at the mega sponsors one mega sponsor to talk about, and that's Hogan Law. Mm. Uh, I've had other allies read Hoaglaw. Law. I'm going to read it this time. Excellent. But I'm going to have a little uh, little quiz for you. hog Law, business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side, and preferably a good business lawyer who loves video games as much as you do. This week. Rick is spending every minute he's not drafting documents or forming companies with, what do you think Rick is playing? Octopath Traveler. Boom! Yeah, nailed it! It's gotta be. With Octopath Traveler, a quote-unquote little-known RPG, which continuously gives him vibes of having his own tabletop escapades in between board meetings and business talks. That's a nice little sharply written blurb there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job, Hoag. Good job, sure. Rick. It was good, and you nailed it, Huber. All right, we we're ready for this game. Yay! We got seven of them. Oh, I thought
1: you said, uh, for some reason I thought you were going to say seven games. I was like, no. No, no, no. no. I got seven
0: <laughs> Mavericks for you to tell cool. me if they're real or fake. Shout out real or fake upon hearing the name. First one, Wire Sponge. Fake. Yeah, it's fake. Both wrong. Shh, it's what? real. Which,
1: which, one, which game is Megabed it
0: wrong? Mega X2, baby. Wire Sponge? Yep. Oh, What? It, it, that's not even close to the weirdest one. Okay. Next, we have Volt Catfish. Real or fake? Fake. Fake. Real! With the Volt Catfish Mega Man X3! I'm kinda
1: of starting to hate Mega Man X games now.
0: Good job, boys! Next, we've got Cyber Peacock. True. That's fake. That's true. Brad is correct. I know. What, do you know what game is that? Four. Is? Yeah, it is. It's X4.
1: I know some X4 guys. That's about it. Cyber Peacock. How's that even peacock. real? How is that real? I don't know, man. We just had like electric catfish or electric whatever. Sheep. sheep. Man's real.
0: we've got Toasty Tiger. Real or fake? That's fake. fake. I'm going to give that to Hubert. It is fake. You guys got that too easily. I'm a little bit disappointed with myself. Next, we have Thunderous Feline. Thunderous Feline. True. Real. Fake. That's fake. Damn it. (laughs) It was a little bit weird. All right, never mind. Anyway, we're rolling with the punches. Okay. Vanishing Gungaroo. Fake. Fake. That is real.
3: No! (laughs) Vanishing
0: Gungaroo? Vanishing Gungaroo is from Mega Man X Seven. Oh, psh. cares, man. Vanishing Gungaroo. X Seven, get out of here. <laughs> I love just how bitter this game is. It's good. Last one, Huber. You need this to tie it up. okay Dazzling Raptor. I let you go first.
2: Dazzling Raptor. Dazzling There's Raptor. No way. That is fake. It is fake. I'll say true. It is fake. Okay. So
1: I
0: wanted to include good. dazzling <laughs> in one of them. Dazzling
2: raptor.
1: Dazzling raptor. Like dazzling raptor. After the the second with the catfish
0: one, anything could be real at that point. So uh, just to do a quick rundown, the real ones: wire sponge, volt catfish, cyber peacock, um, and vanishing Gungaroo are all real. Fake toasty tiger, thunderous feline, and dazzling raptor are all fake. That means you've done my favorite thing and you've tied it up. So that means collectively you will have to combine your efforts to get us out of this frame trap realm. Say something. Do an action. Be wild about it. Make it memorable for the
2: folks at home. We actually... I think we've done this before, Brad, but we need to do it to appease the the gods. Okay. We need to too sweet. Mm-hmm. Because I tried to too sweet Damiani <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> and he denied me. Wow, what a jerk, dude. He... he, he he, I, I can't hold it against him because he doesn't know the power of the too sweet. He knows I what think, it is. But you, can you can hold ne- this against us. You. You're, ne- you're never supposed to turn down yeah. the too sweet. He, like, ever. Ever. Yeah. He, uh, someone, talked about, oh, someone does this to you, you do it back. Yeah, you do it. You do it or you're trash. <laughs> it's a bond. <laughs> Whoa. <It's laughs> you know,
1: Especially okay. the bond. You, let me tell you a story. I saw All a guy right. wearing an AJ shirt at Disneyland. I was like, yo, too sweet me, dude. <laughs> And he, like, he was like, what? He like didn't even know what it is. And I was like, dude, you're wearing an AJ Styles shirt and you don't know? I told Grumbom that. Yeah. And he just said, that guy's a piece of shit. <laughs>
3: oh my god, dude. Whoa.
2: <laughs> he get, was kidding. Grumbom was kidding.
1: What's
0: it was what's a very great, dry sense of humor. What's great about Huber and Brad interacting is they'll talk about these friends that they have collectively and it just it just sounds like nonsense. They'll be like, oh yeah, hang out with Grumbom. Grumbomb a very good person. Yeah. I believe that Grumbomb is a good person. He's played Fortnite with you on stream. Where did Grumbomb? Did you? If you've probably told this story a thousand times, where did Grumbom, I don't remember where Grumbom came from. Uh, middle school.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I was buying a pickle, and I picked it up, and I looked behind me, and I said, "pickle."
1: <laughs> I'm not like that. Is the actual story? <laughs> that is story. the
2: actual origin of.
0: That doesn't explain the name Grumbom. That's his, his last, last name. name. It's his last name. It's his oh, last name. Oh, it's his last name. Yeah. Yes. Alex. Okay. Grumbom. I feel bad because I thought yeah. Grumbom was a fake name. Oh, okay. We'll tell him that. I'm sorry. I meant no offense. I thought it was just like a pickle. weird thing that you made up.
1: All right. Like how weird of a story is that? I, saw I had a pickle and I said pickle to yeah. a kid. Then we became friends. It's yeah. Yeah. So like an episode
0: of Ed and Eddie or something. Um, we got two more games to talk about. They're not going to last us very long. Uh, they're both from me. The first one we're going to talk about is Sonic Mania Plus because of the vibes. Um, Phenomenal game. So if you're not aware... 10 out of 10. Uh, they oh, came out with a, right, a physical version of Sonic Mania, Sonic Mania Plus, which is the base game, and then it has this new encore stuff. Um, and what that means is, there's two new characters, Mighty, who just looks awesome, uh, Mighty the Armadillo, and he can do this thing where he's a normal character, but he can also do this ground pound, mm-hmm. kind of playing to his strength, kind of playing to his name. Um, and Ray, who I even enjoy, who I enjoy even more, this flying squirrel who at any point, can basically do this Super Mario World cape thing Mm -hmm. where you can kind of, by changing your position, you can kind of keep it going. You have to finesse it, but you can keep going through the level. And so that's really fun. You can go pretty far distances. It's good stuff. Uh, Yeah, there's not, like... A tremendous amount to them, but you know, a little bit of flavor. If you're totally. familiar with with the Sonic, the Tails, the Knuckles, yeah. uh, something just a little bit different. Sometimes it's fun going back and uh, playing things is. with uh, different characters. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Um, I think particularly with Ray here. Uh, I've enjoyed going back. And that's really what I want to... That's what I want to preface this whole conversation about is these changes that are in Sonic Mania, I think, work for me because Sonic Mania is just such a phenomenal game at its core Mm -hmm. where if I did not enjoy this game as much, I would be like, okay, these little changes are cool, I'm done. But Sonic Mania is so good that it's just a pleasure having any excuse to go back. Is it just new characters? No, it's not just new characters. Um There are tweaks to the levels as well, but the the really the other huge thing to talk about is Encore mode, and so Encore mode uh, adds the I believe it's called Angel Island. Uh, as the first zone from Sonic 3, you'll play that. Cool. Um, and then you'll you'll go through other Sonic Mania zones, but the, the twist with it is that you'll be controlling two characters, and you can switch between them at any time. So you have Sonic and Ray, you hit a button, it'll make a sound, you can switch between them. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also do this new mini minigame, uh, it's this pinball machine, and you can unlock Ooh. other characters to have in that stable. Um so you can you can create different combinations of characters to switch between. Basically, mm. um, I have to say the the pinball mini game, probably my least favorite one. Uh, it's just really simple. There's not a lot to it. Dude, not not awful by any means. No,
1: but it's just that hurts because I love
0: Sonic, Sonic Spinball. Spinball. Yeah, it's too, so good. I too just like come on man. Love Sonic come Spinball, Maybe and I think
2: come out with it. And this is kind of a like a little prototype. Maybe do it.
0: Maybe. Um, like I think the thing one. for me why why Sonic Spinball is so memorable is because of how much personality yeah, it has. Yeah, so uh, much. When you land and you're like in this barrel of ooze, the, that level of personality and spunk just isn't quite there. Of course, it's just a minigame. Um, it's not like offensively bad or anything. Oh, just, sure. not, it's just not as quite as yeah, strong as some like, of the yeah, other whatever. things uh, that I've enjoyed doing in, in Sonic minigames. The one I really like is uh, the ramp. You remember that, Sonic 2?
1: Oh, the half pipe? The half
0: pipe, yeah. yeah. I've always really yeah, enjoyed yeah. that half one. Pipe's great. It's it really hard. 10 out of 10. But, yeah, it's good. Um, I am having fun with Encore Mode. It's nice having access to different characters. You don't really need to do it. You can mm-hmm. just kind of get into a flow and go. Uh, I haven't played all the way through an Encore Mode. These are just kind of initial impressions, admittedly. And so maybe things change more later on. But it's like, oh, this this, this is a neat little gimmick. Uh, but it's not like totally blowing me away. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wouldn't say any of these additions are totally blowing me away. But because the base of Sonic Mania is so strong, it's fun yeah. revisiting it with these little twists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have you guys missed? I know both of you played through Sonic Mania. Mm-hmm. Have you missed it since you've, you've done it? No. Yes
2: and no. Yes and no. Uh, What I would have liked is like a DLC pack with more levels Mm. instead of an entire re-release. Yes, me too. Uh, Well,
0: you can just get the the extra stuff on its own. Great. You don't need to get Sonic Mania Plus. Perfect. I'm going to do that. I believe it is just $4.99. I'm going to do that. There you go. Great. And there's how many new levels? Just the... I think it's just Angel Angel Island is the, the, the... it's not really a new level, but yeah. it is a, it is new to Sonic Mania. Yes. Okay. The first zone of Sonic Three is what I'm
3: cool. referring. to. Do you remember yeah, that yeah. the jungle? I do. Okay. Yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah, I'll probably just go through that level and then yeah, hang it up. But uh, I absolutely adored Sonic Mania when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phenomenal game. Really hoping for a sequel. This seems. I think this it's seems a more of like uh, this seems more like it's targeted at new players rather than returning players. Sure. uh with just how little they've added.
0: Yeah, um and I, I that was a complaint that I heard about Sonic Mania and man, some of those new brand new zones in Sonic Mania like especially Studiopolis, for me I'm like this is phenomenal, I want a whole game of this. And I remember that being the complaint where they're like, ah, oh, the new level lov- the, the returning levels or the remixed versions of returning levels and the different acts are really good, but we want all new." And I think that'll happen. I yeah. think for me, Sonic Mania is just kind of both a celebration and like kind of a hint at where things could go. Yeah. And Absolutely. It was a confidence booster for me. It was a good con- that exactly. franchise. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah. It was a confidence booster. Um It made me and I, I don't think it was just because it was old. Um I don't think it was just because it was kind of in the vein of those I mean, like classic a Sonic games yeah. yeah because they've done those if you look at all of the ideas that Sonic Mania had those crazy boss fights those wildly colorful awesome really varied zones like that is underselling the ideas of Sonic mm-hmm. Mania to me um, and I would love for them to do Sonic the Hedgehog 5
1: yeah yeah, Just completely after four, yeah. Style. heck
0: yeah but Brett, my question, or Sonic you...
1: Mania 2 yeah or Mania
0: 2 yeah or Sonic Mania would you, if they did a Sonic Mania 2, would you want it to be more remixed stuff or just all new levels? Combination. Or combination. Combination. So, like Sonic yeah. Mania. Though. Totally. Okay. Um, my question to you is I remember Sonic Mania coming out and it kind of being this huge celebratory moment where it's like, oh my God, this is we the best Sonic planet. game in years <laughs> and just, just showers and showers and showers of praise. Um, I do feel like the conversation, at least among us, you know, let's just keep it to mm-hmm. us has died down a little bit. Uh, is that just because 2017 was such an incredible year? Or are we not as hot on Sonic Mania now as we once were?
1: I think it was just because there's so much stuff. Like, I played Song for like a week, then I had to move on to the next thing. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed my time with it. I was like, okay, next.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not a lasting memory of yeah, mine. Yeah, it's like a few hour mm-hmm. game room room. Too. I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. Um I love Sonic. I grew up with a d- Nintendo and a and a Genesis, so my Sonic bonds are uh deep Naruto levels of, of the word mm-hmm. <laughs> bond. But like it gave me it scratched the nostalgia itch, but like it's weird because we bring we brought up Octopath Traveler today, right? Yeah. And it's like Sonic Mania like gave me a little bit of nostalgia, but Octopath is giving me way more, even though I grew up way more with Sonic versus JRPGs. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to really put my finger on it, and I can't really explain it, but, like, I don't know. I don't really even know where I'm trying to go with this thought, but that's just how I feel. That's an interesting
1: feeling you had when you are playing it,
2: yeah. Like, it didn't really... I wasn't just like, oh, my God, like, Sonic, oh, it feels so good to be back. It was just like, yo, this is great. This is, like... Sonic, as I as I remember it, but it's not giving me that like insanely powerful gut punch of nostalgia that like Octopath is for some reason. I don't mm-hmm.
0: know. I, I have to wonder if there are insanely different sixteen bit RPGs. So this this argument is not completely comprehensive. But I think when you when you when you visualize the RPGs that you grew up with from that mm-hmm. era, there's kind of a unifying pattern where like Sonic just has been through so much. Yeah. There have I been, think that's it. There have been like this was what, the reset feel button. like limitless permutations of Sonic. Mm-hmm. And so it it was le- I I really love what Brad said there because I think it was less of a n- trip to the past and more of like a confidence booster reset mm-hmm. button leveling yeah. out here we are. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. then then just revisiting the the times because there are so many times with Sonic that you can revisit and like we kind of have revisited Sonic playing to nostalgia but just haven't done it as well Yeah, Uh, like people really love Generations I think Sonic Mini is better than Generations but even Generations you know was a heavy play at Nostalgia Mm -hmm. Uh, Sonic 4 uh, was a heavy play at Nostalgia and so we have kind of dipped into the well a a few times in the past and I've stayed current somehow.
2: Yeah, you're like caught up on
1: yeah, Sonic. Yeah, I'm like.
0: Are you telling me you've played like every
2: big no, Sonic? No, God no. Okay. That not that current. The, no, I've finished Generations and yeah. and Unleashed and Four. And you beat what was the new one that came out? And boom, horses, horses, Forces, love Forces. Wait, you played? Did, boom. No, no, no. Just oh. played, didn't finish Boom, but I finished all the other ones I okay. mentioned. That's like a lot of Sonics, yeah. man. That's Someone pretty caught like, up. Keeping,
1: yeah, keeping the ties there. You yeah, know? No, man, I haven't. I mean, like. Played a little generations, I think. Pretty much been out though. Generations Since two. Is sweet. Oh no, I played Lost World like beating them though. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I think I tried them all, but I never like beat them. Got
0: it. Yeah, uh, Lost World was one that I was like, this I played cool. and thought it was okay, but didn't really h- have any desire to stick the with. The
2: biggest omission for me was Colors. Yeah, um, Colors is an
0: omission for me. That was the Wii well. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone I need everyone to play Colors. Colors. Yeah, I, I need but
2: to what was colors. the one
1: before that?
0: Generations? No, no, I no, think? no, no, no. There was no. another Wii one. There's uh, Sonic and the Secret Wings and Sonic That's and the it. Black Knight. Didn't, didn't what I was do those. Secret didn't Rings. touch yeah, I didn't either of those. Touch Black Knight. Yeah. no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't touch either of those. And have no. intention I played.
1: Yeah. To. Uh, the first Wii one was
2: okay. It was like all right. I think Generations Unleashed are solid. Like we always give Kyle yeah, a hard I think, time I think about Unleashed. Like Unleashed is like, very solid. I've um, played Unleashed. Yeah. Solid game. The well, last game Unleashed is weird. Yeah, when Kyle like tells me sometimes I don't believe him all the time. Do you think it will come back? Do I think what will come back? The Warehog.
0: No, ever. I don't. Uh, ever is a long time. Yeah, I don't think for the foreseeable future it will come. So you back. think one day it will come back then? <laughs> Sonic is just so hard to predict. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Wait, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you? But like, like I would Talking about ever. I would lean more toward no. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's impossible, but highly unlikely. Yeah, I think it's highly unlikely. Did you ever
1: play the Sonic reboot <laughs> like, on P- PS3 and Xbox 360? Just oh, so Sonic. Oh, 06. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So bad. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. Like, it was dead. That the was worst. it. It was yeah, yeah, dead. Yeah. Like, they resurrected it through necromancy now, but it, it yeah. died that day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sonic is undead now. Yeah, he's undead, that. dude. I've only played the beginning of Sonic 06, and that's enough. Yeah, that's enough, Agreed. dude. You're good. Yeah. Yep. Uh,. Can you imagine that announcement though? Like you're like, Sonic do you think they two? could ever bring it back? And like, can you imagine that huge rollout and just the responses on oh, social media no. when they're like, the Werehog is back. They could do have done think, it
1: in Smash.
2: Do you think they could go this I would route though? Be okay
0: with it in Smash. Like that was his final yeah. Smash. I would be okay werehog. with it in Smash. Heck yeah. But I mean, I think Super it's Sonic is cooler? Another character. Do
2: you think in Sonic Mania Two they could go a step further and remix like? Newer ideas into it, so you're going through Sonic Mania as a werehog.
0: But then I, you the, know, the problem that I have with so many of these modern 3D Sonic games is they just become about the gimmick and they totally. do. And But going through 2D
2: Sonic Mania style, but you're just the werehog and you have <laughs> like a little more attack utility. I mean,
0: maybe if if it is. <laughs> Make it like Donkey Kong It makes country. sense yeah. and it feels yeah. good. I could see it being more successful in 2D than 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: for sure. Sonic usually does better in 2D, I feel like.
0: Oh. And it just becomes a beat-em-up, and then you just have, like, Axel come in. Now we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even think of that. And then you have this, like, secret Genesis beat-em-up. I was going to say, you just have, like, an all-star Genesis beat-em-up game. Yep.
2: Knuckles and Sonic the Werehog going through a beat-em-up. Can you imagine the super serious... I'm so into
1: it.
0: 3D Knuckles beat him up. I'm so into it, dude. Where I'm Knuckles is just board. like cussing up a storm. We got Shadow. That was close enough. I have not played any of Shadow the Hedgehog. Instead. Yo, when, I'm it a little better better.
2: when are Sh- when are Shadow the Hedgehog and Vincent Valentine going to uh, meet up? When's that going to go down? Hmm. Can they both be in Smash? Is that possible? No,
1: I won't allow it. Okay, sorry. All right, I won't allow. They have
2: it. a team-up attack in Smash. Yeah, yeah there's that, only room for one edge. That Lord. to me feels like an easy alliance. Them two, guns blazing. <laughs> Both have the same color palette. They're like everyone Let's uses guns, dude. Just <laughs> get someone else
1: besides Shadow, dude. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: Shadow
1: sucks, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, Shadow kind of sucks. I thought he was cool as a kid. Yeah, that's
1: like totally fine. Different era, yeah. Different time, doesn't hold up. Shadow the Hedgehog does not hold up.
0: <laughs> he does not hold up.
2: Confirmed.
1: Doesn't hold up.
2: Is that our first as like person,
1: character? Yeah, as a character, we've
0: done that. That doesn't hold up. Duke Nukem was well, Doesn't hold yeah, up. He does he does not hold up. They're yeah, they're both in the
1: doesn't hold up yeah. trash. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would love to make an ongoing character. Doesn't Dude, every hold week we yeah. have this does this character. We, right, currently, up. we have Duke Nukem and Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> yes. Uh, the last game I want to talk about very briefly is uh, Fighting EX Layer. What? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, dude. Okay.
0: Have you been playing this? <laughs> yeah, I've been. I've. So what happened is I downloaded it while I was in Iowa, and my internet was like not good. Uh, and so I I did an online match, and the connection was terrible. And i was just like, I'm just gonna mess around with this training mode. This is that mode. fantasy game, right?
2: With everyone in it. No, no, no. Fantasy no. matchups. No, no, no. So.
0: What this is is this is this is made by Eureka, and they did the Street Fighter EX games, and this is characters from Street yes. Fighter EX. Oh, okay, got it doesn't it. have stri- it doesn't it's have like but Ryu the and Street Ken, yeah. right?
1: Yes, yes, got yes. Everyone but Street Fighter it. characters.
0: Now, I have zero experience with Street Fighter EX. Did not grow up playing Street Fighter EX. Me and so, I don't have a lot of attachment or any attachment really to these characters. Um, and so, I'm just kind of coming at it from a fresh perspective. And the first thing that should be said is. You can tell that this is a super budget game through and through. Uh, it was... <clears throat> it was a passion project. Uh, just visually and animation-wise, I think from a casual outside perspective, you might be like, this looks a little rough. Um, <laughs> Does it look like Mugen? No. No, it's it's 3D character models. Um, and they are actually... Some of the models look really good. It's just some of the attacks and some of the animations, I think, sure. look a little bit awkward. But whatever, man, yeah, because yeah. it's super fun, and it isn't okay just do. It's, it's okay just doing completely ridiculous things. And uh, it has this system called the Gogi system. Gogi. And these, these Gogi, these different sort of buffs that you can get, come in this deck, and you can pick different decks. Now... If you get the $40 version, there's only so many decks you have access to and then a free one that rotates. If you get the $60 version, you get access to everything. So there are two different versions you can get. That's a difference okay. between them. You should know that going in. But anyway, these gogi, they activate in really cool ways where either you do a certain amount of damage, time elapses... Uh, you, like, do a certain thing a certain number of times, and then you can get, like, a potentially crazy benefit. So you might just get, like, your damage is boosted up a little bit, or you might get one where it's like, when I dash, I'm invisible. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can just get really, not broken, but really powerful and kind of crazy things that change the flow of the match. And I have not been able to... To play a lot of online, I've been distracted by Octopath Traveler since sure. I've been back. But it is something that I want to continue playing along with Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Um, before Tekken 7 or
1: uh, Soul Calibur 6 comes out. Before Soul Calibur 6 comes demolishes. out. Yeah. Right,
0: right, right. Once Soul Calibur 6 comes out, we're not going to mess attention. around with Full attention. this stuff. But it, it's really fun and it Carol does feel Man. very, very different. Um, and <laughs> it has sort of this momentum attack system where when you dash forward and you do an attack, your momentum will carry. Um, And that's really fun. And you kind of have this ridiculous gogi system where by doing certain things, you can change the flow of the match. And that also gets into your head where, you know, you already have so many things to think about during a fighting game. What is my opponent doing? Uh, I'm going to try to predict this. And then you have like, okay, I need to fulfill these mini objectives and then I'm going to get my gogi and then the power of my character is going to change. So it adds a really cool layer on top of that. And... Again, like I said, I'm not familiar with these characters. The characters are so wonderfully lovable that it fits this kind of crazy Gogi system to begin with. And that all begins with Skullamania, who is just this, like, wrestler oh, dude yeah, who's Skull-mania. dressed in a yeah, skull outfit. Dude. And he's just, like, laughing at you and flipping all around. And I just don't know how you don't love this yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, um, awesome. I. Had heard the giant bomb guys talk about Skull Mania and their love for it all the time, but actually like seeing him in action. Yeah, you would love Skull Mania, is, is you it would rad. Loo- Yeah, he's awesome. Rad. Yeah, um, and <laughs> it's one of those things where if you were like, "Hey, should I buy Fighting Ex Slayer?" You made it sound cool. I would go. Well, you should know that if you aren't interested in like messing around and learning intricacies of characters and going online and fighting people. Probably not there's like there's there's not really a lot else for you to do there's mm-hmm. not gonna be this huge sweeping story mode um, or a not arcade mode where treatment. there's there's gonna introduce the characters and have little ending bits none of that um, but it's hard not to have a soft spot for this game that has such lovable characters that has such cool ideas that was clearly just a passion project through and through it's not. It's hard not being a little bit of a bleeding heart there and like if you're willing to kind of go in and adopt that mentality, I think it it might surprise you with how much fun it is. Cool. If you are willing to, to dig in and, and play online and, and fight and stuff. You might nice. get bored of it really quickly. Again, this is not a this is a heavily stipulated recommendation. Very niche. Yeah. Game. Um, nice. but like even from me, I'm a total fighting game casual. Even from my perspective, just going in and Messing around in training mode, like I already feel like I've gotten a, a good bit of joy from nice. it. Nice. So. Heck yeah. 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 Huber, are you going to play Soul Calibur 6? Oh, yeah. Are you going to play the, the shit out of it? Geralt for life.
3: Geralt for life. Yep. Really curious to I see how Geralt. he,
0: the, the, like, what, how they present his story yeah. in Soul Calibur 6. Take a portal. I love him so much. How'd I get here? I Will you play me online in Soul Calibur
2: 6? As Geralt. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. 100%. So into it.
0: Brad, are you gonna play something number six? Yeah.
1: Uh I feel like I play fighting games the most when I play locally. Yeah. I don't totally I like when I think about it, like I never really play online. I just like playing with people locally, like sitting down with friends. That's how mm-hmm. I like to play fighting games, so I mean, maybe we will try online a little.
0: I enjoy online games a lot. I enjoy shooters, but for me when it comes online with fighting games, I enjoy playing online. And especially when I'm reviewing, I have to play a lot online. But there are some I just get so invested, and sometimes it gets so intense and so close that I'll do an online match or like three online matches. I'll be like, "Oh my god, I need to take a break." Yeah, I agree. (laughs) It just gets it just gets so so intense. A lot
1: of the fun fighting games for me is like sitting next to someone, and you guys are both having these reactions to a fighting game, like kind of teasing and having fun like that. Mm -hmm. That's like that's what I love about fighting games. Friendly, yeah.
3: Right, you
2: go online. It's not
0: friendly. I, I feel like it, when you're I'm with just, your friends, yeah, you can just, just kind
1: of appreciate the this. I'm spectacle. just fighting with like some random guy on don't know. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, right. but it's just like how I like to play fighting games.
0: Yeah, well, when you're when you're playing online, not that you can't play online for fun, but I, I, you're playing to win. That's that's sure. the only thing. Sure, you're not just yeah. there. You know, when you're playing fighting as a friend, you can just roll into it, have conversations, buddy buddy, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Of course, you could do that online over a headset as well. But something about being on the couch together. Yeah, no doubt. Brad, you know what else? I, I want to know what you're gonna play What I'm it's gonna be, play? Yeah, it's been driving me nuts. Okay, what? For years. Okay, what? <laughs> no!
1: Okay! Oh my god, I've played it. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> you, you have played it a lot. I've like platinumed it, New Game Plus, f- 20. Brad, I just, I
0: try to find ways for the that moment no, I love to be it, exciting. It was great. And it's really hot in here. Oh, it's I'm hot. Like, so
1: hot. It's hot,
0: dude. My hair is getting all froopy. It's
1: really sweating. hot. Named the episode Sweating in the sauna. Sweating
0: in the Sun. Sweating in the Sun. But for the Hotake this week, um, I knew we were going to talk about Octopath Traveler a lot, and uh, it got me thinking about JRPGs in general, and so mm-hmm. this is going to be a JRPG-focused you got Hotake. The right, you
1: got the right panel.
0: Uh, people have said that Trap has been too JRPG-focused in the past, and I sympathize with that, but sometimes you just got to go where your heart it's is. What, what's
2: without what right you now, know, too? I, do? Uh, I talk a lot about uh, Fortnite. So yeah, it just
0: happens. You know? We are who we are. We talk about yeah. what we love. Um, but it got me thinking, and you know, we talked a lot about the throwback qualities of Octopath. And this is not the first time it has happened. Uh, there, there, The same sort of conversation was happening around Bravely Default. Um, and when I think to me, obviously I was a child, and so that's a large part of it. But when I think to me was an incredibly exciting time for JRPGs was the PlayStation 1 era of Square Enix, yes. where not only did you have Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy IX, which were all wildly thematically different from each other, but the battle systems were just all over the place and yeah, crazy. Yeah. You also had these games that were just all over the place in terms of ideas. You had Valkyrie Profile, you had Xenogears, you had Vagrant Story. Fantasy Tactics. Right. Um, you just had really these wild ideas, and I remember that is why I was part of the reason why I was so attached to the genre, even as a as a young kid. Is I didn't know what to expect, and it, there was just this this hunger to constantly push forward. And so, my question for this Otake: All that preamble aside, do you think JRPGs are pushing ahead in the way that they used to, and how important is that to you? Is there mm. is there room? To push maybe a little bit harder.
2: I think yes and no. They're pushing ahead. You have something like Persona Five, which tells a very uh, contemporary style story. You know, mm-hmm. a, a relevant story in today in you know all about technology and you know there's a big social media part to that game. So it's telling a, a personal story uh, that's relevant. But then you also have things like. Octopath and Dragon Quest XI that are capitalizing on the nostalgia and, you know, bringing us back to that golden age of RPGs. So I think I think there there's kind of two branching paths that
0: uh, that I see with JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see people criticize sometimes is. Uh, like Xenoblade Chronicles, for instance, both one and two, and you know, two is is recent. I do think that game, from a mechanical standpoint, is doing really interesting things. Um, but people see the characters, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the cute fluff ball, uh, the anime, the, the very uh, anime all around cast, uh, and they're like, oh man, I, I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like I've done this, and. Some of those characters I really like for reasons that I won't get into. That's not the point. What I'm saying is, you know, beyond overall story, do you think we could talk about different types of characters, have different settings?
1: Um, Uh, Yeah, I think Kingdom Hearts is one of the most unique games out there, period. Which mm -hmm. is a a Japanese RPG. Yeah. Like, you're a random, like, Japanese JRPG characters with Disney characters fighting in Disney worlds. Like, there's nothing like that. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like, the closest you can get to something like that is, like, like a fighting game that has crossover. But again, that, like, intertwines these weird stories and, like, takes it so deadly serious. Like, there's nothing like that.
0: So... What you're telling me is right now in this moment you are 100% content. There's nothing that you haven't seen that you would like no. to see or There's nothing from the past I'm that you're I'm always like back.
1: willing to see new things and always looking forward to seeing what things yeah. what comes of new games like that. I don't think we've ever but, I don't think we're peaked at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But
1: we,
2: we must talk about the drought of last generation. Oh yeah,
1: last generation was like pretty bad, I would say compared to what the other generations yeah. have been for JRPGs. And I
2: think that's why this generation there's been this retro play to capitalize on these classic style JRPGs, because I feel like Last Generation was missing. Like I'm not imagining that you've had a similar I,
0: statement. I just I, I think you're right, but it it comes from a very pers- specific perspective. Where on console, I would mostly agree with you. Yeah, it's just there w- there really was a so much going on like in the DS era mm-hmm. of really exciting, mm-hmm. unique JRPGs. And I know that that is not your jam, yeah. but I I do think it happened.
1: But from like jrpgs would dominate consoles in the past
0: yeah
3: and for
1: just to be like because i think they were making jrpgs that people didn't necessarily want they weren't they were not appealing to their audience while they were on the ds and stuff like that
0: and you, you think about like the ps1 and even ps2 era of of jrpgs i i do feel like kind of there was this prestige and for lack of a better term budget uh where there i think there was a little bit more confidence in performance um and that is certainly oversimplifying things but it's hard not to speculate that maybe sometimes when we do have something new, uh, that play on nostalgia might be a little yeah. bit of a, of a security.
1: Well, well it's like PS3 play. era, like, look at Square Enix saying we want to appeal to the West. Like, all the time with, like, Final Fantasy thirteen, like, character designs like Snow and all that that kind of stuff. And, like, it didn't work out ever right. when they tried to do that. They were, like, going away from what their fans wanted. And when they went back to that, like, JRPGs were kind of going back to what people actually wanted from them. That's why we're seeing a lot of great JRPGs. Like we got some there coming out, like at the end, like Nino Cooney and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think for a long time, with like Enchanted Arms and stuff like that, it's like these aren't good games. You're just not making a good game. Yeah, like there's some good ones. Like Lost Odyssey was good, but like Blue Dragons, like it's okay. It's like whatever. We're used to JRPGs being like the top, and last year they're just kind of there, just kind of like floundering. I would say for a while.
0: Um, I do have to wonder if so much of it has to do with design uh, because I I think about Final Fantasy VII, right, and the way that it opens and how exciting it is. You're doing that bombing mission, and it's like, oh, who are these characters? We're doing this incredibly dangerous thing. Like, it really just grabs you by the balls immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not the case for so many, I feel like, contemporary JRPGs, where it just takes forever to get in the flow, and you, you starting from humble beginnings and building up, is totally fine. We can do that a hundred times. You know, you you, you kind of glaze over it, um, and then you think about the materia system and and how exciting it was to mix and match all of this different stuff and really flex the system. Uh, and, and just those incredible summons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I do think Octopath Traveler will be remembered fondly is because I, I I feel like it's a JRPG that isn't afraid to push back pretty immediately. Where it's like, no, you will understand the system. You will explore the system. The way everything is designed is to kind of push you to engage. Whereas uh, I feel like sometimes the sentiment I see expressed amongst the Easy Access community is... Well, I'm just kind of sleeping through this or or you know, sure. I'm doing the the same fights over and over again. And I think that's what we need to see more of is is not only more narratively engaging JRPGs, mm-hmm. but more mechanically mm-hmm. engaging sure. JRPGs.
2: And don't be afraid to to edit your game down. Yeah. It doesn't need to be 100 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So many JRPGs fall in that trap of like takes too long to get going or you're at a really good story part but you have to stop and grind like they really need to focus it uh i know i've seen some differing opinions on persona 5 uh it is a game that is you know won a lot of goatees and is yeah and to me that's the best jrpg story i've played in the last decade Mm -hmm. hands down i didn't really feel any fatigue or filler uh, because it just kept moving and it was these cool story arcs just back to back to back to back and the grinding, if they're even like Persona 5 grinding still feels like you're engaging with the story because mm-hmm. you're in the dungeon. You're where you're supposed to be to grind. Not like, oh, I got to go across the world. That's where my quest is, but I'm going to go over to this desert to grind before I go there. So there's like that weird disconnect Whereas I liked in Persona 5, it's like, yo, we're at this palace, like, we gotta get through
0: it.
3: Let's I, go.
0: I do think the the calendar structure mm-hmm. makes the super long length a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, it, it makes it easier yeah. to digest. I do agree that Mementos yes. was probably Mementos, not needed at all. Yeah, There was already a lot going on. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with the length thing. I always bring up uh, Crimson Shroud, which was a downloadable 3DS game that you could finish in a few hours that had a really wonderful, complex battle system, uh, a really well-told story with interesting characters. And it was an epiphany for me where it was like, why doesn't this happen all the time? Mm-hmm. I, I love grand adventures. I love finishing a game. Always feels good. When you finish a game after spending 60 hours on it, it can feel yeah. incredible. It can feel like you really went on a journey with these characters. You've seen so much, you've learned so much, but I think for a lot of people, and even myself, when you think about an entire genre, you're like, are all of these going to take me at least 40 hours? Are all of yeah. these at least going... Like, and it feels like that time keeps creeping up. Yeah, like, as you know, Cooney on.
2: 2 didn't need to even be half as long as it was. That sure. game just dragged on for, like, the story it's telling. You know, it just they... A lot of JRPGs, too, that I've played, they just repeat themselves over and over over and beat you over the head with like what they're trying to tell you and it just goes on and on and on we're like you know more focused games like uh i don't know let me let me is this apples and oranges let me bring up like uh the witcher or something Mm -hmm. like the witcher can say a lot in a short amount of time or relegate something to a side quest that you don't necessarily need to do uh, you know, say things with facial expressions. It's like JRPGs are so held up on their words and the script versus right. like the character themselves, you know,
0: um, I don't know.
2: Just a, just a spitballing thought.
0: Yeah, um, I think a lot of that comes down to uh, the structure of The Witcher where I feel like you really get to choose how much of it you engage with mm-hmm. um, and and how much you want to hear. Whereas to get through a lot of these games, like, no, like, yes, you can do side quests or whatever, but just just to get through it, it's going to be Mm -hmm. a similar brickish experience for everybody. Um, It's hard, though, because while there... I definitely would agree that there are things that you could maybe tweak in Persona 5, like, I still think, overall, I had this incredible experience. Oh, yeah. And so I, I do... Also, want to simultaneously communicate that I welcome different lengths and different structures and different experiences. I think you can have an overall ex- ex- excellent experience and still yearn for something completely different. Yeah, can
2: you? It's hard too because of the structure. It's like, can you have a grand adventure that's not about revenge or overthrowing some evil dude? You know what I mean? Like, the best part about a JRPG for me, right, is going on this epic adventure, mm-hmm. good versus evil. Like, is that always what it's destined to be? Some good versus evil, you know? I, the archetypes actually, are always there. Like, that's always the, like, That's has to be another way. <laughs> the
0: reason I would say, um, when I was growing up, the re- my, if you asked me, it would be like Kyle. Uh, you, if you ask me what i cared most about in jrpg the it'd adventure. be the story yeah yeah every time and i did the battles to find out what was going to happen in the story in modern times that has completely changed mm-hmm. where i've the, the stories art can be so similar or just fine but unremarkable that If your battle system is interesting, that's what I care about the most because Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to get the most invested in. And I wish that wasn't the case. I do agree. I I do think there are other objectives that we can have for these characters. And the thing that I want to say is that that does happen from time to time. I think that's why uh, the original Valkyria Chronicles was so remarkable to me is – Yes, it was essentially good versus evil, but there was so much going on beneath the surface. It didn't feel, um, like everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think those narratives happen. From hey, at time least to time. we've,
2: uh, gotten past amnesia, right?
0: We haven't completely. No, That's what happens completely. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Damn it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It'll
1: be there.
0: Brett, what do you think? Are you satisfied?
1: Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, with GRPGs, I, there's, a, I always want more. Mm-hmm. I think they can always improve themselves but like i don't know like the idea of just saving the world and people getting tired it's like yeah well it's like i'm like i'm shooting games i'm saving something i'm like tired of that doing like i'm getting sick of shooting guys in games sometimes
2: the thing thing, i'll counter that with like a lot of really good shooting games have characters that i really care about Mm -hmm. whereas like i just like, I don't know, let's think of The Last of Us or something. That's a shooting game. Oh, let's okay. Think I, I guess of... I was thinking specifically first-person shooting. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, that's a good like, point. Like, there's... Like, There's, Wolfenstein. Sign, there is like...
1: Uh, Wolfenstein, absolutely. There's, like, things that are, like, yeah, Doom? this is falling right in the line, that, or there's stuff that's, like, this is doing something a little different that I'm into more.
0: Right, but th- that's, that's what's frustrating to me, and it's a really good point that you bring up, Brad, because just... When I review JRPGs or I talk about JRPGs, I I do get a lot of those complaints lobbed at me, like, "Hey, you know, this sucks about the genre," or, "Or they're all the same." But I feel like you can apply it to so many genres. You can apply oh, it to you. any
1: genre. I, I think much.
0: why Wolfenstein is is remarkable is because it actually gives a shit about its characters. Exactly. Uh, it is it is rare. It is rare that I like. I may like a character in a first-person mm. shooter, but to feel deeply attached or or to really have what's going on with them, kind of rummage through my brain and really think about it that that almost never happens. Yeah. Mm. and it's like you don't even need that all the time. Like
1: Doom, like you're the Doom Slayer, just like a, a nameless dude. But I'm right. so into what's going on; it doesn't even matter.
0: Right, and so I, I, I ultimately, that's what I want to see more of. Is if you're not really going to put a lot of time in developing that stuff Mm -hmm. take the doom or even take the octopath traveler point where again i I honestly don't think from what i've seen of any of these stories that they are remarkable Mm -hmm. um that they're there that any of them is going to be my favorite story of the year but they're all pretty digestible they're all pretty quick to get through a chapter Mm -hmm. Um, nino cooney 2 to me was bloated yeah sure that's that's when it becomes a problem but if
1: you want like a game that's played the world ends with you That's such, like, a a game that there's nothing like that, how it does its combat, its story. It's completely different than, like, the typical save-the-world JRPG.
0: So, Huber, when we talk about Dragon Quest, right, which, you know, its stories are pretty traditional, Mm -hmm. and its characters are pretty traditional, and these are very long games, what makes that exceptional to you?
2: Uh, I don't engage with it as much as you guys. I, I, you know, there was a point in my life where it was like, all right, I can beat this one JRPG, or these six shooters i think i'm gonna beat these in- so you're just not as saturated in it yeah Got exactly it. so like octopath like i'm proud of myself this year you know caught up on jrpgs like finished no Kuni 2 committed to finishing octopath um i i did have a thought though i was a little worried when i was playing octopath mm-hmm. like how about i burn myself out mm-hmm. for for dragon quest 11 here because this is like your typical Mm-hmm. You know, I think because though it's the retro style Versus like the full 3D PS4 sure. Like there's mm-hmm. enough difference there it, It's funny how um, it can
0: kind of trick your brain right? Yeah
2: But but I think we're in a really good spot Right now you asked me In me, 2018 like Yo, are you happy with JRPGs I'm going to say hell to the yes Persona 5 to me is one of the greatest games Ever made uh, We have a nice variety Of retro JRPGs And Heavy duty hitters like Dragon Quest, like Nino Cooney, like Persona. Uh it fe- it really feels like like a good time for the genre. Uh yeah, we like I would like more storytelling out of these. Um you know, again, I'm really, really happy with Persona's story, but mm-hmm. Nino Cooney twos I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with at all. I, I right. much prefer Nino Cooney one because maybe they honed in more on Oliver Oliver Oliver's tale to me was just—I uh, uh, was more empathetic to his plight than Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I—I I, I like the variety right now. Some retro, mm-hmm. some new. Feeling good about it. It's like a yeah. warm blanket.
1: I mean, just—I should just skip like the JRPGs that... Don't interest you, just play the really good ones then, or mm-hmm. don't play them back to back. Like, I can't play Shooter back to back. Like, even if it's Battlefield and Call of Duty, they're, just, they're way different, mm-hmm. but I can't do that. Oh, I still can. too close for me. <laughs> yeah, like you can, but I can't yeah. do that.
0: Um, Something that we like bringing up the, the DS era, and I do agree that at that time, JRPGs on consoles were pretty few and far between, and it was like this sharp divide between console JRPGs and handheld JRPGs. Now I just feel like there's this scale um, that we haven't had for a long time that I really appreciate where uh, you can have excellent things like Art Traveler, Persona 5, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, for the things that I don't like about it, there are a ton of things that I do love about it. mm mm-hmm. um, you, you kind of have kind of those those bigger names, but then you yeah. also have... Like, downloadable ones, like I Am Setsuna and yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have I Am Setsuna, you have Cosmic Star Heroine. I, I feel like there's so much to get through, along with the re-releases, which mm-hmm. which I do kind of think fill things in. And you also have, I, like, I we're not talking about it on the show, and we should have but I'll try to find time to bring it up. I'm also picking through Shining Resonance Refrain, cool. which I do not think is an excellent game, but it has some cool ideas in it. Um, it, it, it is like kind of this B game that fills a really nice void. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not excellent. It's, I'm not, I, I, I can't sing its praises for, for hours and hours and hours, but it is kind of this nice middle-tier game mm-hmm. that feels really satisfying. Um, Final 12, and I'm sure the Zodiac Cage. Yeah, and I'm sure if we were <laughs> to go back to the PS3 and 360 era, there are a lot of games we could look through, and it's like, oh, I missed this. But still, all that said, I think we're in a pretty healthy time. Yeah,
2: healthier yeah. than we have been for sure. And yeah. I love just having one JRPG uh in my queue at all times. I try to always have one just kind of floating mm-hmm. around, you yeah. know, chip away at it. It's a warm blanket, warm blanket. Like uh you know, you asked me about Dragon Quest Eleven and like. I am expecting a very, very traditional story. Yeah. The thing is, if you're going to give me a traditional story, I demand unique characters or characters that I at least care about. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really my, you know, level of love for Dragon Quest XI. Honestly, I, I've, I played it at E3. The combat's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it is everything you expect it to be. It's just, will I be attached to these characters? Will I want to see their journey through till the end?
0: And I, I think the answer is yes, right? Because that's, you, we, you hear a lot of talk about the traditional storytelling in Dragon Quest. I, I do think that the characters are just so gosh darn charming. Yeah, They have, just visually in the way that they speak, they just have so much attitude and personality yeah. behind them that I'm excited for it. All right, time to move on to emails. Let's do it. And then we can end this torment of heat. The sauna session. The sauna session.
2: Frame Trap, the sauna dropping, session. Dropping Sausage pounds. Session. Yeah. Dropping l sessions in for Frame Trap. We're, we lost a pound in here yeah. today, probably. Sweating out.
0: Yep. Detox. Detox. All right. I really love this email, uh, and it comes from James. He says, do casual gamers even stand a chance anymore? Whoa. Hey Ben, I'd like to share a story and a thought with you. Maybe you can use this on Frame Trap. I, someone who considers himself to be extremely an extremely knowledgeable gamer, was in GameStuff the other day picking up e 8 on the Switch. Nice. Hardcore. This that, person is If there's is one not a that casual. you should chip away at, Ease 8 is very Is that hard. the, the, the retranslation. Yeah. The town that you're building yeah. up. Yeah. Towns is that, that the retranslation? Up. The 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 yes. There were a lot there's a lot of controversy over the, the the original. Less than stellar, pretty poor translation or localization of the fr- yeah. from NIS with that game. I still think it's a great game. I still think you should experience it. Mm. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. Uh, as someone who is completely immersed in the world of gaming, finding what I was looking for in the store was a simple task. I cannot see the same about the gentleman in line ahead of me attempting to make his own purchase. Whoa. This customer asked the GameStop employee for the Xbox 360 memory stick. The surprisingly patient employee asked if the gentleman was looking for the memory card or the hard drive and explained the difference. Customer then said, you could tell he was guessing, hard drive, then the employee asked if he needed the hard drive for the 360 standard or the 360 slim. Customer, attempting to be accommodating, said it didn't matter. Employee pointed out that it did not matter because they're two different systems. One won't fit, two different versions of the same thing, yada yada. That customer left GameStop that day, having made a purchase, but neither I nor him know if the employee knew if what he wound up up buying was actually what he was looking for. It was the kind of situation that required what some could consider to be an unattainable amount of nuance. Every once in a while, I'm reminded that I, as well as the Allies, probably know more about games than 95% of everyone who qualifies as being a gamer. I think everyone should be able to enjoy games, no matter how much they're willing to commit. I know hardware companies want to provide the most modern and exciting experiences to players, but holy hell... It seems by releasing new versions of consoles, what feels like every few months, they're doing everything they can to confuse and exclude those who don't have the time to keep up with the latest video game news. This includes parents shopping for their kids, the kind of gamers who don't listen to video game podcasts all day, etc., as a gamer, I love deluxe editions, the entire ridiculous 3DS family, slim versions, enhanced editions, and the like, but I'm bummed that these products can alienate consumers who can't be asked to learn everything there is to learn about hardware. What do you guys think about this? Would the industry be would the industry benefit to catering more towards casual gamers, or the opposite, to force casual gamers to become savvy like how I and the Allies are? Is this even a real issue at all?
3: Hmm...
2: I'm not qualified to say if it's an issue or not. Um, what I can say, though, is over the last, like, year or so, I have been making a conscious effort to know that there is a group, a large group of gamers that know nothing. You know, it ranges from knowing nothing to knowing everything, right? Yeah. There are so many people out there who walk into a game shop and have no idea what's going on. No clue. Uh, and it can be overwhelming, you know? So it's... I try not to assume that everyone knows everything about everything anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, But in terms of, like, technical jargon and, like, this and that, like, really all you can do if you don't live and breathe and die games is look it up online and just hope for the best. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough because it, it's like, who do you trust? Do you trust a salesman who is like trying to make a sale? And we've all we all know about like GameStop's history of like quotas and and trying to sell different things. So that that isn't really the best answer. Like, do you go on Amazon and just look at user reviews? Like that 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 is where like my brother goes if he's mm-hmm. not asking me. So I feel like that's a really good place. It's just going on Amazon, cycling through user reviews. Like, when I don't know something about a TV, like, that's the first place I'll go, is, like, try to look up there, Q&A, like, you know, Amazon is really good, like, questions area, like, Mm -hmm. which questions have been asked and answered. Mm -hmm. Really, I just try to go there. It's
1: easier to figure out that stuff now than ever, I feel like, because there is that information available. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is something that's happening in... Like a lot of things, like think of cell phones, how many different iPhones there are, and you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, but people are figuring all that stuff out yeah, somehow. I, there's always an expert I, out there yeah. that
2: you
0: can consult. I think contemporary life just demands everyone to be more technologically yes. literate than they yeah. were before. Yes, yes. Totally. And so, I do think that that is helping. But as far as being a person who enjoys video games, I think the barrier is lower than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard to be anyone and download a free game on your phone. And yep. you're you're playing and enjoying a game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just that ease of access was not there in exactly the same way. Um, and I, I think there are so many different tiers. Uh, you could just be somebody that uh, just plays on their phone or picks up a 3DS and understands that. And I don't think that's too terrible. Well, like, I even have
2: friends that like own P- like I have a friend who owns a PS4 and a Switch. Like has gamed a ton, but like doesn't really know what's up. Mm-hmm. you know just yeah. out of the loop but what is they what is that, w- that what is the like know what's up know what's up as in like what games are coming out or like <laughs> well, they or, just don't pay attention I feel pay like pay attention to anything gaming related mm-hmm. in unless it like makes headlines like red dead redemption 2 is gonna come out and like make headlines on the new york times and all this and they're like oh like like i remember getting a text from him like hey what's this fortnite thing should i be playing this like so you you know, you can be a gamer and still know nothing and that's 100% fine,
0: you know. Well, Huber, I feel like all I do with the vast majority of my life is pay attention to video yeah. games. Our life is to know everything about and every video game. During streams, <laughs> will be like did you hear this announcement or did and you like no? Right, right. And there there are there're still things that slip through the cracks yeah. f- for me yeah. and I feel like I try very hard. I make a very considered effort mm-hmm. to be up to date. And of course I forget things. I'm bad with dates. But I try to be knowledgeable, but yeah. I think part of the problem of what they're speaking to is there's so many layers now. Not only do I have to know about games that are coming out, I have to know about the the updates to the yep. games that I already played, yeah. and those can get so crazy. Yeah. Um. And yeah. There's but, always more to know. There's So like if
2: your life isn't to play video games, then like... It's okay if you have questions,
0: you know? I just think there's also a fallacy in trying to, and we'll get into this in the next email, I think there's a fallacy in trying to be someone who knows everything about every game. I think totally. that was kind of the this this idea of a gamer at a certain point is it's like, okay, I'm going to be knowledgeable about all the big games and all the consoles and to some degree that was obtainable. But now no, with these live knowledge. games yeah. and these live, it sound like a grandpa with with games that are constantly updating and so many just such a huge diversity of platforms and dlc and updates and all this too stuff, much i think you guys have, have to pick and choose and that's okay that's yep. just 100%. where we are now 100 mm-hmm. agree
3: yeah i agree
0: next live question you want to live yeah from carlo i've been thinking about how living games or games as a service get coverage nowadays is it really enough in either volume or depth seeing that large number of players exclusively play one to three games I don't know about that. A lot of people, yes. Yeah, I guess that's right. Seeing that a large number of players exclusively play one to three games, it feels as though there's a real disconnect between the amount of coverage certain games get and the amount they are being played. For example, games like Fortnite, Hearthstone, League of Legends, or Rainbow Six Siege certainly do get headlines, but the real in-depth coverage and discussion only occurs in their respective communities. So if an article or podcast talks about the games in passing, it is always just the tip of the iceberg that's covered. Wow, Fortnite is really popular. Or, wow, people spend this much money on card pads, etc. So my question is, do you see this perceived disconnect being or becoming a problem for games journalists and outlets, or is it already completely normal and fine as is? What is the cause of the discrepancy? I'd love to hear any take, hot or not, on this topic.
2: There's always an expert on something.
0: Mm-hmm. You want
2: to know about Fortnite? You want to see the best possible player? Yeah. Twitch.tv slash ninja. You know? So, like, you just got to find who speaks to you. hmm Um, and I think Twitter is a big thing, you know? Like, my friend that I was talking about, he goes to just Twitter for his his gaming news. Like, the, the site, you know, he plays Fortnite, so he'll just go to Fortnite's Twitter and see what's up. Um... I think what am I trying to say here basically <laughs> sorry Brad sorry. No, it's okay. you go ahead you go first
1: um, I just think there's so much to these games now it's hard for us like for us for example, to cover these games to maybe like a satisfactory amount of what they want for everything mm-hmm. like we would have to be experts on every single online thing like yeah Hubert does a lot of Fortnite which is great like it's great we have someone do that but we don't have someone doing like warframe who's super in there all the time someone who's like super in there with destiny all the time i super wish man i want to play warframe. super in there with overwatch all the time it's like we could only do so much but we try to cover as much as we can
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh brad but I then think you you're have completely right. right but then
2: you also have people that just play that game right? yeah like there there are streamers like there's podcasts
1: dedicated there, to yeah. one single game
2: exactly
0: Yes, exactly. You bring it up perfectly. If if you want expertise on something, there's not a lack of it. Exactly. If you want expertise on League of Legends, yep. you're covered, man. Covered. You are But if you want a, through the roof. if you want a
2: casual take, you're covered too, right. you know?
0: Exactly. And so this was actually a hotake of an earlier frame trap. It's like, ah, but could we do more to cover these games? And yes, mm-hmm. yes, we can. But I think a better way of thinking about it is not this idea of okay, we have to cover every game with this same level of proficiency, it is what type of players are we and does that resonate with people? Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people that play games like we do where they're interested in a wide variety of things. Mm-hmm. They'll play through a lot of single-player games. They might have multiplayer bouts. There there are people who kind of have their hands in many pots. They're not just playing one game all the time. And I, I think that has resonated with people and I've come to just feel completely okay with that Mm -hmm. you know who we are you know where we stand you know how we play games Mm -hmm. and if you don't like that i'm happy and i'm comforted by the fact that as you said you can get a ton of different type of coverage other places Yeah. yeah That sounded like a very grandiose pat on our back. No. It's not what it was. It's just like I get really stressed and it's like, oh, man, I want to cover more yeah. PC games or I want to play Warframe or like, stuff. Like am I
2: covering Fortnite, I've been losing sleep at night because it's like, am I covering Fortnite too much? Because yeah. people are coming at me like, oh, is Huber just a Fortnite streamer now? Is that all Hubert plays now? Huber, when are you going to play other games? Like when are you going to stream other things? And it's like, yo, I'm just trying to do my do my job over here because, mm-hmm. one, it's a really big game, and two, I'm loving it. I, I, I just love it, you know? So I'm going to play something I love. Yeah, that's fun. I played a lot of Overwatch when I came yeah. out and stuff. So, yeah. it's, I, so it's like <laughs> finding the balance. People are going to come
0: after you for the the, the most True. minor I, of things.
2: I like this email, though.
0: I like it, too. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I try to pick good ones. Good. <laughs> um. Next email Hey guys, something I've been curious about is the shift in preferences of digital games by both Ben and Huber. Mm -hmm. Let's rewind. Going back a year ago, Ben hinted at the physical collection he built up, a camp that I've been a part of. How he hopes to collect until he turns 75 and then donate to a museum. This seemed to suggest that he would remain in the physical games camp until he was old and gray. Fast forward to recent times, we've heard Ben and Huber mention how they were buying games digitally way more these days based on the point of convenience. Are there any other points that caused this shift in preference and ideas? I'd like to know the panel's thoughts on whether it's worth buying physical games anymore, used or new, and whether the original goals... Uh, of a curated collection of physical games with something they see themselves moving forward with. Do you even want a physical collection or is this a shift in your own ideas based on times? Uh, I find the Allies' opinion swaying my ideas of what it means to own these games. I appreciate any general advice you have on the manor. I feel very strongly about this.
2: Yeah. Uh, live how you want to live, mm-hmm. if you like physical or digital. For me personally, when I moved out of my uh, home, my childhood home, when I moved out of my childhood home, Uh, space became a real issue. It's Mm -hmm. actually a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I have, you know, I live in an apartment. I don't have a home. I live in a, in a one bedroom apartment with another human. So, you know, collecting boxes and boxes and boxes of games is just not viable. It is not, it just cannot be. So, you know, I've already taken advantage of my grandma who has a garage (laughs) Uh, my grandma lives alone and has a garage, so, like, in one car, so, like, the other half is for storage. I have a bunch of boxes full of games, and, like, I can't do that anymore, you know? That was, like, when I grew up, when I was growing up, I would collect, like, all the- It dates back all the way to NES. It's not just, like, I bought a bunch of games and threw them in my grandma's. It's, like, no, it's my collection of life from Genesis, NES onwards, um, and I'm just- Yeah, I'm out of room. I'm out of space, and- yeah, and and Here another we thing. have like
0: the same life.
2: Yeah, and there's so many other smaller things like you know, uh, the physical boxes started being stopped being as cool. Absolutely, like, they they're stopped. they're, not, they're yes. just not as cool yes. anymore. Yes. yes, they have ads on them and pre-order stickers or and nothing or nothing. You open it up, it's just a disc and there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the box itself has lost its mystique absolutely um digital you can get it right at 9 p.m west coast midnight east Coast
0: time it unlocks boom ready to go um yeah I live in a tiny apartment and in every like well except the bathroom and I guess the what the closets mm-hmm. but basically throughout the apartment there are just towers of games that I already own yeah and that's not even all the games. I still have a garage in Iowa there that is, is full of game mm-hmm. stuff, and completely with you on the the the, the appeal of physical games because they're so bare bones these days. Mm. Lo- that losing its value, but yeah, space is a real thing. I might feel completely different uh, when I get my own house, and I yeah. have I can rearrange you it. I have an attic and a garage in a better <laughs> <Sure>. way. <laughs> but like we're we're drowning. We yeah. are drowning Man. in games already. Yeah. Uh, the other thing for me, and. Uh, when I was at a game store and I just was around physical games and could just see what was coming in, it was very convenient to just be like, oh, we got this into the store. I'm going to take that. Um, as I The longer that I've lived in Los Angeles, the more that driving around has just really <laughs> pissed me off. Yep, sure. There are just too many people here, and I enjoy going out and doing simple things less than I used to. Mm-hmm. And so if I was back in Iowa where it's a little bit easier and less stressful and a little bit more convenient. And it's not always terrible to just all the drive time. To the game store. I don't want to over exaggerate it, but it is a thing no. that creeps up from time to time. In LA,
2: if you drive anywhere at any time, it's a hassle. Right. <laughs> and so Straight up. it's,
0: yeah. it's just being in a small place and there being way too many people, mm-hmm. um, that has made me, I think, gravitate mm-hmm. more towards, uh, but I, but man, I, if, if, Sweet ass thick manuals came back. Yeah, I'd be right there, man. I would. Be yeah, right
1: there. um I'm the opposite camp of you guys. I get everything physical, pretty much. uh I'm at the point though where I'm okay with donating my old games, like my like a bunch of like physical games. Like I'm not gonna play these. I'm okay with letting them go. I like I keep very specific games. Like really, games that are special to me. Like I have my, my gold ocarina of time still and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, it makes total sense for where you two are at. Like space is a real issue yeah you know, like those games are going to stack up you got to get rid of them it's fine but um yeah i mean i totally get it. i like collecting names because i like, i just like having collectible things like that but uh, for me i also buy physical because i have the best buy thing and i get them cheaper and yeah. i get physical games well just that's cheap. something i
2: wanted to bring up too is like i can see GameStop now dude like i had this thought the other day of like wow you guys might actually be in a little bit of trouble here because i was in there and I wanted to pick up the Surge cuz mm-hmm. I really want to I really want to get through 1 before 2 yeah. comes out. And I was in the Surge and I've no problem picking up pre-owned games now. So I'm in the store and it's like 35 or 40 used and I went on PSN PSN store and it was just like 30 new. Mhm. Or you know, like and digital sales, like, yeah. the, the pre-owned games at GameStop now are not as cheap or, or good of a find as they once were. Like, there was a time before my digital age of, like, going into GameStop, just picking up some used games, and now these flash sales online are just, yep. like... Slashing prices—you mm-hmm. can get yeah. a game for so cheap compared and to a compared to GameStop. Yeah. Yeah. Not
0: not a new problem, but God, does it piss me off when I go and I I see a game in GameStop and it's like I don't even get the case. I get this generic ass GameStop oh, I, I case.
3: I've walked yeah. out so many times. And nope, it's just really upsetting. Won't do. It. And
0: we do have the benefit of. Living in Los Angeles and having cool game stores, but those tend to be in high traffic areas, and so the most convenient places are Game Stops. And Game Stops can mm-hmm. be very frustrating mm-hmm. to shop in. Yeah,
1: yeah. For me, since I buy my Best Buy, I can get them delivered to my house, or I can pick it up the same day. Like, it's really rare I need to play a game immediately. Mm-hmm. It's really rare for me now. Like, there was a few moment. games where I, I have I do to like do like that, that rush. No, yeah, I love it's that great. Rush. But there's few games that I actually care enough about to do that for.
0: Yeah. Uh, you talked about donating games. We well, do it for Dragon Quest
2: Eleven.
1: I'm getting that collector's edition, dude, so I'm going to have to wait a little bit. So I'm okay with that. All right. Because I'm um, getting that sweet enough. soundtrack. See, yeah. <laughs> orchestrated. So I'm way cool with that. Like, wait, I'm the a-
2: collector's comes with an orchestrated soundtrack yes. and the game itself Correct. doesn't?
1: Correct.
3: <laughs> Moving, on. <laughs> Moving on.
1: Moving like, on. I'm getting those Kingdom Hearts figures, dude. Oh, you got to. I'm getting that. Yeah. It's like, I got to get that. Same time your question.
0: Could I... Knew that I was really done with Collector's Editions when I had the Octopath Traveler Collector's Edition on order, and I canceled it. Yeah, sometimes you gotta do, do that. Like, I, have I rarely do that for I just for can't do Collector's oh, Editions The last anymore.
2: Collector's were, uh, it was either Arkham Asylum or City. It was like a big, plastic, piece of crap Batman I symbol. I remember that, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, it was bad. And I got- God of War 3 had was Pandora's box. So janky. I was like, dude, I'm done with this. I'm done with
0: this. I'm pretty sure the last Collector's Edition I got was Xenoblade Chronicles 2 because I was just so excited for the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't that come with soundtrack, though? I don't even. Rem- that's what I'm getting at. Is I don't even remember what it came with like, because I just cared about if it's the like game. A, if
1: it's a nice soundtrack that gets me like way yeah. more into it, because I, I really like collecting yeah. game soundtracks and concept. And I, books. I have if, yes. y- if you yes.
0: get collector editions and you love them, that's great. This isn't a slam on that. It's mm-hmm. just for yeah. me. Yeah. I was like, I'm not even really appreciating this stuff. Exactly. Why like, yeah. Like,
1: I almost didn't buy the Breath of the Wild one because I was like, do I really need this? And I
0: it came f- with that switch case though, didn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Still, that like yeah. that switch case. Ten, I wish ten, I had that switch and, case. And like
1: the Master Sword's still on my my dresser, and I didn't expect it to be there that long. Yeah, it is. Nice. So there's a few like I haven't bought any of the Dark Souls ones with like the figures. I didn't buy any of them. I bought the uh, Dark Souls Two one. Yeah, I didn't get any of that them. The figure dude. is I like, on my
2: wish bookshelf. I wish I had the foresight to get all the World of Warcrafts dude those are those so clean those they're just they're massive, very clean they're, they're massive yeah, they're though massive. dude they're massive. God. hindsight though that's something I wish I'd kept up on sure Sure.
3: sure yeah it's sure. cool
1: but like think of this how much space that would take <laughs> yeah dude like, that's, there's
3: no way like this, this is my
1: yeah. Warcraft show yeah. it's awesome but it's yeah. just like it's massive dude
0: <laughs> that's gonna do it for this edition of Frame Trap thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you guys tremendously if you would like to send an email the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com one more time it's askeasyallies at gmail.com thank you bradley ellis thank you michael huber mm-hmm. if you're suffering through this intense heat in the evening with me and we will see you next time